was always debated. It, it really was. I mean, uh, for a long period of time, and, and it's still debatable, is it not? Whether or not baseball is successful here in South Florida, would you say? I mean, the only people so far that I think it's been really successful for were uh, Laurie and Sampson. Yes. Who cashed in billions. Uh, everybody else uh, has left here uh, kicking and screaming, have they not? The son-in-law and uh, the Pops, who, uh, you know, went from buying Dayglow Jesus paintings <laughs> to uh, all of a sudden... He's in the bidding at Southeast for a Van Gogh. Exactly. Exactly. It's an original there, Jeff. Okay. The time. Wake up with Defoe. Joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defoe Show. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. Great to be with you here on this Monday edition. Peeling yourself off the mat Monday edition of the Defoe Show and literally peeling ourselves off the mat after well luby you were hard at it i mean uh, i guess you took that one day off a little liberty there uh, on the uh, actual day of my birthday which was july 5th that was wednesday came back strongly i saw a couple of the uh, additions that you did there uh, thursday and friday of the defoe show so uh, thank you very much for representing the program in such fine fashion you looked resplendent <laughs> luby in that marlin's jersey <laughs> Was that the one you ripped off from the radio station? Oh. Uh, was that the one that you took out of the frame and ripped it off off the wall there that was hanging in the program director's office while we were able to uh, access the uh, office uh, when she was not in the building there early in the morning? That was that, was that jersey you were wearing? That, that looked nice. Or, or did you buy that uh, at that uh, some uh, local sporting goods shop? It was one of the freebie shirts we got in the many years that we represented the Miami Marlins that uh, those ties have somehow seemingly been, I guess, frayed or gone away. <laughs> Severed, yes. How many times have you requested Skip Schumacher, the manager, to come on our program here? And we used to be very friendly with these guys, were we not? On a first-name basis with all the guys in the PR and the public relations department. We seemed to uh, honor the fact that and respect the fact that we were the flagship station. And even though the team was playing like shit, we tried our best uh, not to cover it up, but to kind of just sort of dust it off. Well, you know, the kids are young. <laughs> They're coming around. Mattingly, he's Mr. Baseball. He's got seams on his head. Should be able to straighten this thing out. And, you know, Kimming is really going to do a great job. We didn't realize, though, uh, when we started trashing the team on a regular basis uh, that uh, they were actually going to get good, which they have been, and writing one of the phenomenal baseball stories so far in the first half of the season. They're sitting there at uh, 53 and 39 going to the All-Star break, remarkably, with two World Series titles, including a loaded team in 97, sort of a surprise team that evolved over time in 2003 when they won their second championship. And guess what? Since that time, it's been El Squaduch, my friends. Nothing. There, there would be no reason to believe that the Marlins were ever going to be a factor again in any kind of pennant race unless, remarkably, uh, Steve Cohn bought the team and put his $365 million worth of uh, annual baseball players on the diamond here at Lone Shark Park. And yet, this season, that would be the last thing on earth you would ever want to see happen. All those superstars, and I spent some time in Atlantic City during my little vacation and hiatus there uh, with Mr. Matt himself, uh, Ira Dornstein, 89 years old, this guy. That's crazy. Pops in the car and drives from New York City to Atlantic <laughs> City, and then, check this out, I mean, uh, talk about a day. Gets there about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We immediately start like a drink-a-thon that uh, you would have thought would have knocked out even a 20-year-old. And then uh, proceed to go to uh, our favorite restaurant there in Atlantic City, Chef Ola's. Straight from that to a concert, a Tom Petty tribute band, which uh, I'm not a big fan of tribute bands. I, I would like to see musicians play their own original music 
if they're real musicians, uh, there's nothing wrong with covering a song. You always like when they do their own extrapolation and uh, variation on a theme. Uh, whenever you have uh, really talented musicians, we see this a lot. I mean, uh, one of our favorites is a guy named Mike Zito. He, he does uh, a version of Little Red Corvette, but he puts his own touch on it, right? So, uh, you know, it's not like uh, Prince is singing a song. It's, you know, his version of it. And, and it's a tribute to uh, the original artist. But tribute bands in general uh, kind of scare me a little bit because why would you want to be somebody else, Louie? Think about that. Exactly. It would be like somebody doing a sports show and one guy, well, kind of like the Dolphins defensive staff did that year, where <laughs> one guy represents me, somebody else is you, and then uh, the rest of the cast there you know, participates in a way where, you know, you're thinking, all right, that's a nice tribute, but it isn't exactly the show. But uh, we went to see a Tom Petty tribute band uh, that was playing in the theater there, which I didn't even know they had a theater at Harris in Atlantic City, because naturally I never got that far down the uh, alleyway there, because I usually stop at the sports book. In, in my never-ending quest to get buried in the last game of a parlor. <laughs> I watch a lot of baseball, by the way, so I picked up some things uh, while I was in Atlantic City. It, it very much is a sports-oriented town. And, and you could say this. This gets into your argument, uh, Luby, that we have on the chat line all the time with your good friend Brian Schwartz, who you seem to be almost, uh, you know, at you know, at a point where, you know, it, it sounded hostile at times. I, I hate to see that happen. Right? It's like when two hosts get a little bit hostile with each, uh, with each other. They're tired of each other's shit. And so, you know, finally they start firing the real bullets at each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? If you would ever shut up for like two seconds, I could get a word in and I could explain my position. You probably feel that way many, many times. I, had, I don't care now. <laughs> I've accepted what we are. <laughs> You've come a long way, though, in that regard, where we used to summarily dismiss everything you said as being completely ridiculous. Now, all of a sudden, yeah, there you, you have a very valid and <laughs> somewhat respected opinion. Well, and you realize, look, it, nobody's right or wrong about any of this shit. I, you know, come on. It's just uh, in the way that you present it. Uh, you can sit here and scream your brains out like a Stephen A. Smith. That uh, Do you even know what position this guy is taking on things? No, seriously. I mean, uh, do you... Do you really have any idea? You know, is he a Yankee fan? I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you have no idea because the guy's so busy screaming his point that you sit there after a while and go, what is this man so upset about? <laughs> We're talking about sports, for God's sake. And uh, I don't get the implication, you know, that, that Stephen A. Smith is gambling like a degenerate on these games. So does he really have the right to be that angry about what's going on? If you're not putting your money up, I mean, uh, should, should really get overwhelmingly psychotic one way or the other about the outcome of a ball game? Maybe so. I, I guess that's part of being a fan. But I will say this in uh, your friend Brian Schwartz's defense, uh, that there is much more deep root. Maybe this was because I was in a gambling environment. That's possible. But I don't even think that was the case because my buddy, Ira, Mr. Met, he, he will start talking baseball with anybody. doesn't matter what the circumstances are. You could be at the uh, craps table and a uh, dicer in the air and, and you for your lungs need anything but a seven. And Ira will turn at a guy while the dice are in the air and go, hey, uh, you, you think the Mets will be able to bounce back in the second half? <laughs> Meanwhile, you're looking, a guy's got like more than your net worth on the table. Like he's sitting up, yeah, you know what? I think if they get another pitcher uh, at the trade deadline <laughs> as the, uh, what is it, a croupier? What do they call the guy, the stick man? Uh, what, what exactly? Is it the croupier? I think you got I think it is croupier, yeah. Where and, and you know how they say this, that they say this with the kind of thing that just hits you right in the gut. 
seven out. Yep. It's never just, oh, look at that, a seven. It's seven out. <laughs> and then they start raking all of the chips off the table there, just making you feel like an absolute putz. And you're watching and seeing, my God, how much money is the casino? Whatever they paid out on this roll, they're getting it all back now. That's exactly. the way it goes. Anyway, uh, a lot of interest in baseball, though, in, in general. Uh, now, it wasn't so much. The sports book in Harris is kind of small. So uh, did, you never went there, did you, Luby? You've I've never been to, be to Atlanta City? I've yet to be in AC. Uh, I don't know. Well, would you like it or not? That That's a good question here. Uh, Vegas, you can kind of get lost in the drift. I don't know if it's the same at uh, Atlantic City. You don't have the volume of people. And in this particular area of town, you, you don't have the number of casinos. It's not like mm. you're just... You can do your share of casino hopping, but it's in a sort of confined little area there by the marina, which is actually a nice touch. Went wave running uh, for the first time nice. in years. It would be Wow. Nice. Kind of a strange experience there. They had you going around in circles. I thought it was going to be a little bit more adventurous. Uh, I, I, and yet I couldn't figure out. They can't possibly just give you a wave runner for an hour and turn you loose in these wide open waterways where you wouldn't know your way around. I mean, you understand this from the limited experience you had. I mean, you see... You have to have at least some idea how to navigate the territory. Otherwise, you might end up dead, literally. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's very easy. You almost got hit by a boat coming out of the canal that time. You're going down the wrong oh, side wait. of the intercoastal <laughs> at 80 miles an hour, a mere 60 miles an hour over the speed limit. Oh, God. <laughs> that was scary for me. I mean, uh, you know, and that was my good machine, too. I think you had you on the good machine. Probably. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I didn't want this $8,000 uh, wave runner oh to go God. up and smoke there. I mean, uh, you could have gotten oh, smashed man. on the one that uh, cost me two dimes and had a two-stroke engine. That that would have been okay. But but very nice. And, and you know what? That's the other thing about it. I guess you could do this in Vegas. People go to Red Rock Canyon and all of this uh, other stuff. I mean, uh, are you inclined? Well, you've been it's to what? Vegas, though. Yes. Did you go hiking no, on one of these trails like an idiot? What What did you do? Whenever when I've done Vegas, whenever I go next, I'll have to do that because that's what my wife's into is all that crazy nature crap. So we'll go do. Oh, God, bugging. what a waste of time on vacation. <laughs> I want to be in a smoky casino the entire time. I want to come out smelling like camels. Cigarettes, not, not the animal. Yeah. Do people still smoke camel? I mean, the camels, they don't, they don't make don't them know. anymore, do they? I don't think camel exists. Well, that's something you saw. Camel. The Surgeon General finally said, "Listen, that's it. That's why we draw the line. You smoke a camel, you're dead." I think my dad used to smoke camels. That that, that was a mark of a real man back in the day. I think so. Camels, yeah. right? Marlboro. You had uh, the Marlboro Man, which uh, the Marlboro Man right now would probably fall into some category. I, I I would imagine Ron DeSantis might even ban the billboards for the Marlboro Man. That's how weak he was compared to the guys that had the camel cigarettes rolled up in their sleeves. That was a mark of a real man, Luby. I'm glad you missed all of that because uh, and, and were kids smoking cigarettes when when you were in high school? Oh, middle not a common thing. You, yeah. I mean, you still you had people doing it. By the time I got look college, people were doing it all over the place. I, it's so funny. I thought about that the other day, like with the vape uh, explosion, how little you see actual cigarettes now compared to before. When I was in college, yeah. everywhere you went, people in high school too, people smoked cigs everywhere. It's it's interesting how they cut back on that and had them transition to something. That may be worse. <laughs> oh, this vape thing. Because they do it constantly. Where with a cig, you'd have to take it out, light it up, smoke. Like you weren't constantly smoking a cig. The vape people will just walk around all day smoking a fucking vape. Like I, I I'm curious if it's actually worse for you than smoking. Oh cigarettes. no, it, it has to be worse for you. It hasn't uh, you know a lot of that been banned already? 
where, you know, and, and there are serious and grotesque concerns about the health of people and the state that they're putting their body in by vaping. Uh, well, what's weird about vaping is when you see the guy that has like the giant vape. I, I don't know. Is this common anymore? I, I don't know that I've noticed it or seen it as much. But but they're ensconced in, in, in vapor smoke <laughs> as it exits their mouth. Uh, you know, like a big cloud, a big white cloud forms. Right, right, and and you're thinking, how could you possibly have inhaled that much of this shit? <laughs> Held it in for a few minutes and or seconds, and and you know, then as uh, you you go ahead and exhale, literally like a clown of smoke. There, there used to be a, a cartoon series called Clutch Cargo, and uh, I, I think two of the characters. I'm not sure which one had the smoke surrounding his head. Maybe somebody, some old geezer out there, might remember this thing. It, it might have been Prune Face and Itchy. Or two characters on the Clutch Cargo cartoons. And I believe, was it Prune Face? No, because he wouldn't have been able to see his face. But th there was one of the characters that was always ensconced in cigarette smoke uh, around. You could not even you know, make out the uh, character's face because there was always a big cloud of smoke. And, and that's what these vape guys remind me of. Going all the way back to the Clutch Cargo cartoons. <laughs> How could you possibly walk around like that? You can't even see. You need a windshield wiper just to uh, you know take your next few steps. But, uh, yeah, that's crazy. So uh, that was popular, I would imagine, when you were at FSU, no? Yeah, cigs. I know cigarette smoking from middle school through college was like a big oh, yeah? freaking deal, yeah. I never did it. I never – my grandma got emphysema, so it was always a weird thing for me. I would dabble in marijuana, but cigarettes were – it's like you. It was always a weird thing. I, I didn't like it. I, I didn't care for it. I, I tried it a little bit uh, when I was a teenager because what would it be? I capitulating the peer pressure? It wasn't really pressure. I mean, everyone did it, I but everybody did it, and the cool guys were smoking camels. It just happened to be. And, uh, you know, it, it turns out, I, I guess, he, even uh, the Surgeon General finally just said, hey, listen, we, we can't allow this to go on. Well, we can let people go out there with AK-47s, but we can't have them smoking none of those <laughs> fucking camel cigarettes. <laughs> Forget about it. And, uh, anyway, uh, you know, uh, there would have been a cloud of smoke around me, uh, for sure. I, I, I did get involved in, in a parlay, and the professor, the professor, his words uh, just linger in my head. I see his face whenever I put in one of these parlay bets. Because <laughs> uh, I, I would have to say, and now, I, and I was getting clobbered uh, while I was in Atlantic City, just absolutely annihilated. And in fact, I don't even know if I should admit this to the uh, people out there, but uh, there was a day that I, I would say I, I wagered less than a total of $50 the entire day that I was in uh, Atlantic City on Friday. Now, I was engaged in other activities. I went way running in the morning, took a little walk of life around that marina. They got a nice little path there. Attacked, though, and, and maybe this was a sign from the gods of gambling. Be, uh, should I read more into this than that was just on the surface? Mm. They have this beautiful kind of nature trail, believe it or not, uh, that goes from Harris to the Borgata along the backside. Okay. Now, I don't have time to mess with that when I'm on my way making a beeline for the horse book at the Borgata. So I cross this path there that uh, cuts directly across through a, a a large field that is loaded with duck shit. Oh, nice. Okay. And you traipse through duck shit like uh, you were uh, an infantryman, uh, you know, in <laughs> Vietnam. You're looking around you're like, oh, duck shit here? What the fuck? <laughs> And you can make your way very quickly. I mean, it's not quite as fast as if you had caught like the Jitney bus, which stops and makes frequent runs all around the circuit there in Atlantic City. Uh, if you caught that right away, if you didn't have to wait any time for it to get there, which they, they come like every 10 minutes, maybe. 
Uh, there's always one flying around the corner. And and they do go directly from where I stay in Harris over to the Borgata where you can bet the races. Nice. Uh, and that would be the fastest way to go. But But this is almost as quick. So you would be not inclined to take the nature trail around there, which I do on my walk of life. And the reason I bring this up is, and I think, you know, one thing about Florida that we don't have that is very, very prevalent and prominent in the Northeast is the dreaded horsefly. We have them here, right? Horseflies, you know, they land on you and and they don't give a fuck. You, You can have a baseball bat in your hand. And be ready to whack you know, your arm as hard as you possibly can. And they're sitting there, and it takes them a little time to do their thing. They're not quite like mosquitoes, where it's like, zzz, and they got you. Sometimes they would sit there, and, and you know, the daring people that knew that, hey, I'm not going to let this thing, not only is he not going to bite me, but he's never going to bite another soul again, because he's going to be dead as a doornail here in a second here. But you had to wait a second, like the fly would land on you. Big, giant things with green heads. I mean, they really look weird. And it would land on you, but it takes them a second to bite. So you would just have to, you know, wait a second. It was almost like you had like, uh, you know, fireworks on, on July 4th. And you were one of these idiots that was going to wait till it was at the very bottom of the fuse before, like Vic Morrow in the combat shows, you were going to lob a hand grenade in there and take out a house full of Jerry's. So in the horsefly technique, I was, you know, you had to have a little bit of daring, a little bit of balls uh, to go ahead and let that thing sit on you for a second before you took the swat. Now. Once they were engaged in trying to do their thing with the bite, they were a little bit more vulnerable. I mean, it was kind of like, you know, a fighter who throws a, an errant right hand and then all of a sudden, open, eh, his chin, he's wide open. Yeah. So anyway, I'm on this nature trail and I'm assuming that this was a sign from the gods of gambling because uh, I wasn't actually going to make my way to the Borgata. I was going to turn around at some point before I got there and, and walk the distance back. But uh, I, I was swarmed by horse flies. Swarmed. <laughs> Because it's a, like a natural preserve that you're walking along with the, you know, the weeds that are growing. And, you know, it's kind of like uh, we feel about uh, coral reefs where, you know, nobody cuts this stuff down because it's bad for the overall uh, chemistry of the environment and, and can cause more damage uh, than, than you can imagine. So, uh, you know, the, these horseflies just came out of nowhere. I mean, like a gang uh, almost, uh, you know, where you're walking down the street, kind of like my rundown Sutphin Boulevard. Andy can relate to this. And all of a sudden, <laughs> six guys that look like they're not very friendly. And what time is it? Two in the morning, and I have money on me. <laughs> what a perfect situation. Oh, no. <laughs> How am I going to get out of this? Attacked, Luby. I mean, and, and I was thinking, this is a sign from the gods of gambling not to go to the Borgata and play oh, horses today. Okay, I'll go for you. I, I thought you were going to say bet everything on the Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> which I uh, would have been tempted to do had they been in action there. Although uh, I didn't see those guys who were betting summer league basketball, oh, which we'll, we'll get to in a second here. And also Scoop Skolnick is going to join us. I, I, I don't know. It doesn't sound to me if he's going to join us at 8.05 Eastern, like he went out to uh, Las nah, Vegas nah, to see the Wembenyama debut, which uh, what was that, Luby? What would you make of that? The debut uh, kind of sucked, but last night he, played well. uh, he came back and redeemed himself. Uh, in the debut, it looked like he was getting knocked around, and, and you're thinking, this guy's 50 pounds away from being any kind of a force in the NBA. Well, what, what did you make of that? That's what most people took from it. I, I don't know what to do with it. Look, the, he play, Jovic has looked like he's going to be the MVP in Summer League. Like, I never know what to do with Summer League. I take it with a grain of salt. I don't mind it because it gives us a little bit, little bit of basketball that we can – you know, make some hyperbole. Uh, the Wemby story is significant, though. I mean, uh, where this guy's making his debut after it's kind of like LeBron James when he got into it. 
Yes, I enjoy watching him, and I think it's interesting, but, like, people who were <laughs> literally calling him the biggest bust ever after one Summer League performance, yeah. that was a little rash. Um, and if they go the other way now, I'll still think that is rash as well. I, I think the guy will admit, he said, look, I, I didn't know what the hell I was doing out there. Like, he's 19. Like, he, yes. he does need to put on some size. He does need to get bigger, but... No one's saying that's not the case. Like, it's just his raw skills. The fact that he's able to do crossovers and go to the basket, do step back threes at seven fours, freaking impressive. Like, what will he be? Who knows? Who knows? Look, Zion hasn't learned how to lose weight. So, and I thought Zion was going to be literally shut everyone up. Like, you heard the whispers when he was drafted, and all he's done is, is go along with it. So, we don't know what any of these guys are going to freaking be, but I. Uh, it, it's been interesting to watch him out there, and it's been interesting to see the sport, the American sports world, try to tear him down before he even begins. Yeah, and especially with all the uh, fanfare that was surrounding the debut, and then on top of that, they needed to invoke the three knockdown rule with his security people, as uh, one oh, of them knocked Spears, out Britney Spears. Just right. kind of an interesting story, and uh, you would think if anybody would understand what that was all about, it would be Britney Spears, who uh, no doubt is swarmed uh, like I was by horseflies. I get swarmed by horseflies. He, he gets swarmed by fans, as does Britney Spears. But the story, if you weren't familiar with it, which I guess everybody is by now, is that Spears kind of tapped Wembenyama on the shoulder as he was uh, either exiting or in, in a restaurant. And one of the security people, thinking it was uh, an overzealous fan reaching in there, naturally reacted and shoved a hand away. And uh, I guess, I mean, uh, there's conflicting uh, versions of the story here. But um, according to uh, Spears people, uh, he, he just smacked her in the head and knocked her down. Uh, according to uh, others, including the Las Vegas police report, uh, the guy pushed her hand away and, and hit her in the face, her own hand. And, and that's what uh, dropped her to the floor there. The old self-knockdown, uh, which I experienced that day at my son's barbecue, although I was passing out. <laughs> <laughs> she was just uh, reacting to uh, what was uh, an errant shot, supposedly from a security guy. But uh, you would think if anybody would understand, hey, don't do this, it would be Britney Spears, no? I mean, ha having uh, the experience uh, that she's had with fans uh, over the years, and then on top of that, paparazzi chasing her all over the place, uh, just leave the guy alone, right? Hey, Wemby, how you doing, man? You want to come over, sign an autograph for me? That would be fine. Yeah, I mean, there's ways right, to right. do it. Like, yeah. Especially if you're famous, you can find a way to get a word over to the guy. She has her own security detail. Range for a private picture, yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so many. She lost herself in the moment. Um, and the video is a little... The video looks like the dude just doesn't look. It's not like he knows a woman, but you would think he yeah. would have the time to turn around and look and see who it was and just, like, get away. <laughs> I can backhand her. Um, and I'm not laughing at the backhanding. I'm laughing at the no. idea that since then they've tried to make it... They've deprudered it, and they've tried to be like, well... He hit her hand, and it mysteriously hit herself in the face. And that's Is it a charge or a block? It was yeah, the call. Exactly, yeah. You need, like, Mendy Rudolph to come out there and figure <laughs> out what the fuck happened there. It's incredible. Anyway, I mean, uh, you know, considering uh, how ballyhooed the fanfare was surrounding his debut, it would have been nice to see the guy go crazy. Because I'm kind of rooting for him to be good. I, I You know, I, I don't really get as much of a kick out of the uh, highly hyped player that turns out to be a bust. I mean, uh, we don't want to see this guy turn into Chris Washburn. No. We want to see him, uh, you know, evolve, or even Ralph Sampson, for that matter, yep, yep. who everybody thought was such a cinch to uh, dominate once he got to the NBA. Uh, you know, the question marks were somewhat similar. Is he too skinny? Is he going to be strong enough to hold up there when uh, Rick Mahorn gets a hold of him yep. and puts him in a hammerlock? 
or uh, you know and back then i mean imagine uh, you you had such liberal uh, rules i mean uh, we've talked to ron rostein about this where uh, literally we thought his background was in professional wrestling <laughs> and he didn't deny it no he didn't he just laughed <laughs> i think he personally taught lambeer how to do the airplane spin as if he was bruno san martino at the time that he body slammed larry bird to the floor and there was no call we know Robin nothing eventually got into wrestling and where did he get his start with those bad boy pistons, so you never know. Ron exactly. Laid the I mean, foundation. If anybody fit the bill, yeah, it would have been ramen, just as so. <laughs> that was always funny when they were on the free throw uh, line there, lined up in the lane, and you could just hear Rodman saying, why don't you take the dress off, Zoe? <laughs> you don't look as good in one as I do. So hated. And Zoe so with hated. steam coming out of his ears. <laughs> Anyway, so so he uh, redeemed himself though, uh, Weminyama, yes, with, with a big performance yesterday. What was it? Uh, Twenty-seven and twelve. Yep. They lost to Portland. He shot nine of fourteen from the floor and two of four from three-point range. Which, uh, if you could knock down fifty percent of your threes at seven-four, and go to the basket, and he, he does yep. have some moves. I mean, even in that game where he was one for thirteen or whatever he was, two for thirteen, his opener. Uh, he showed you some stuff. Uh, it, it looked like it was transpiring a little bit too slowly, though, didn't it? for uh, NBA pace where, you know, uh, that might, that might work with those Frenchies, those cute uh, little croissants you're playing with in France there, Wemby, but it isn't working here. We'll see. So uh, anyway, Scoop's going to join us and uh, nobody loves uh, NBA off season material more than you. Uh, Anything could be going on. (laughs) What do you mean? They did it. I posted one from us last week that got 3000 views. They posted one before us that got a, Words of 7,000, 7,000 views just because it had the words Miami Heat and Dame Lillard. <laughs> Is that right? People are that crazy about it. See, I, I don't it. sense that in, in my travels around town. Maybe I'm you know, dealing with the geezers at Caesars here. Come to think of it, uh, the only guys I ever run into are horse racing degenerates. Is that the, 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 perhaps uh, you know a common thread that you see in my life? Uh, but I, I don't hear, you know, Sports uh, fan betters and gamblers are all sports fans also. I mean, you know, and, and they tend to know more because what is the ultimate analytic, Luby? Are you willing to put your money behind your opinion, Mr. Stephen A. Smith? Why don't you bet a million dollars on the fact that you think so-and-so is going to be this or that? That, that would, you know, certainly uh, give you a little bit more of a rooting interest in it. And uh, maybe uh, you would have to uh, think more and consider more about what you're saying overall. Because if you're not going to be right the majority of the time, you're going to be broke. <laughs> Pretty much. No matter how many millions you have. So, you know, uh, I mean, in general, if you go uh, like to a racetrack and you start a sporting conversation, usually you'll find that these people are fairly knowledgeable about other sports. Oh, yeah. You find that to be the case, Libby? I mean, you've been around the track. Yeah. I mean, look, horse racing gamblers are a little different. They're not all big sports fans. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. If you're in a no. sports book, yes. If you're in a sports book, that's These guys know their shit. Sports. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's betting women's women's and women's basketball. Then I would presume he knows college basketball and college football and NFL. And could NBA. be like I mean, think about this. Our buddy Jim Sarney, who's not really a big gambler. What what was his one possible request he had? Which uh, I, from now on, I, I am never going to go and buy tickets for anybody. You know, in, in advance by going to Atlantic City, I, I, I would rather lobby Tallahassee to get sports gambling here so you can make your own bets because it becomes it becomes a source of paranoia. And, and it happened to me on this particular trip as uh, Mustang's friend, uh, the lovely cat, 
who, uh, you know, you can find around town. She, she, uh, attends bar at uh, a couple of places in uh, Pompano here, Spanks the hog and uh, stingers. Uh, you, you probably know Kat if know you thought Kat about it for a well. second. Yes, I know Kat. Anyway, well. she's from Pittsburgh, okay? So uh, Mustang says, hey, we're going to Atlantic City. And uh, she says, uh, can you put two bets in for me on the Pittsburgh Pirates? One, to win the uh, National League pennant and, or make the World Series. And the other, to win the World Series, the Pittsburgh fucking Pirates, Luby. Now, what's your first reaction to that? She's going to bet 50 on each proposition. It's a waste. Bucket, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess. That's, that's a super bad. With my luck, though, and I know this because my dad said this, and uh, he, he was right, that uh, as a family, the DeForest in general uh, never really get overwhelmingly lucky. Now, we're very lucky and fortunate to have lived the lives that we've lived. My brother's very successful. My dad uh, enjoyed life uh, immensely, lived to be 89. My mother lived to be almost 98 years old. And, uh, you know, it was uh, very, very uh, happy uh, in her lifetime for the most part. Until uh, in the end, I don't know. I Maybe maybe I overreacted. She, she was seemed a little bitter at the end. She, she was kind of always negative, uh, you know, in her own positive <laughs> way. It, does that make any sense, Luby? If you're a Jewish son, then yes, that makes 100% perfect. Is there just a natural hormonal <laughs> conflict that makes women crazy that are of the Jewish uh, I persuasion? Know my mom and my grandma. I don't know if every woman of the Jewish faith is that way, but my mom and my grandma would say negative things thinking they're being positive. <laughs> yes. Like, how could you? I, I think my mother had tremendous faith in me, and yet you, you would think that I was the biggest loser that ever walked the face of the planet. It's insane, right? That's true. She she was a type that that was like, uh, shouldn't you worry about being, you know, getting fired? You're like, no, mom, I'm on a roll here. What are you talking about? What, would I, what am I going to do with that? Of course, I should worry about that, mom. What, what do you want me to do about it? Line up another job? I mean, you're always thinking ahead in this business, are you not? We were just discussing our next move today. Always. Yep. Yeah. We're getting a little nudge now from these people, though, to produce something, which is good. That's I mean, good. you know yeah, what? Yeah, that's fine. It's another sign from the gods of gambling. Don't go to the Borgata. <laughs> and play your losing horse strategies, Defoe. Why don't you try something new? The one time I went away, I, I was, uh, you know, you always have a series of mind bets. Like, am I going to go and do this? And, and uh, you know, I went away from my natural notion. There was like a, a two. There must have been some bizarre weather. I, I guess uh, this was Thursday in the Northeast. Where, you know, racetracks went into two, three-hour delays. Normally, they would just, one one of them, I guess, uh, canceled in Maryland, uh, Laurel. And then uh, Thistle Downs is somewhere in some buttfuck town in Ohio, right? I don't even know where it is. And yet you're betting on it. And they had like a three-hour delay on the card. They're, they're showing the odds for like the fifth race or whatever it was. And it's up there for hours. And, and I kept turning to uh, Big Rich, who was with me, and saying, uh, did they cancel that? And not that I'm inclined to bet Thistle Downs anyway. But if it's next up on the board, as Andy would know, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and throw a few bucks on it just to have some action. And I kept thinking, uh, okay, go with your usual strategy, uh, DeForest. After the long delay, somehow the favorite's going to get fucked. Go ahead, do your back wheel of the favorite, and, you know, ho hope some bomb wins the race. So I let it go. Didn't even think about it. Race goes off. I hear Big Rich screaming, look at that. There's a bomb out there out front. <laughs> Here comes the favorite trotting into second place. It was a tight photo. Thought the favorite got up, but it didn't. And uh, had I gone ahead and uh, sprung for the $42 it would have cost me to make that bet, I would have got back 900 and change. There you go. 
Did I do that? No, no. <laughs> no, because I was busy betting two chalk seven five exactors uh, somewhere else where uh, you know both of them were off the board. That's nice. the way that goes. And then you're sitting there going, I can't believe I didn't do what I always do. I do it every time. You, you can really, you know, I mean, your your mind can get uh, severely warped in, in these kind of settings, Luby. But big baseball action here. Uh, the professor, uh, he was haunting me with his words about betting parlays. And, and this is how America is eventually going to find its demise. Never mind Ron DeSantis getting elected president, which, by the way, went Ronnie boy. That was a good one. He's blaming the media now for his decline in uh, the polls. That's going to help him. I bet that helps. <laughs> yeah. The fact that anybody's talking about him at all, except for uh, people that uh, were thinking about, uh, you know, uh, hey, I mean, uh, can we allow this guy to uh, distribute Mein Kampf yeah. to uh, sixth graders and demand that they read it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the next move, right? Never mind banning books. Let's demand that kids read psycho. certain books. Yeah. That are, you know, uh, inclined to uh, lead them to believe that there is some merit to our Nazi philosophies. Oh, my God. Right? Uh, das Boot? Uh, was that the other book that he <laughs> said uh, was going on the must-reading list? Never mind Dick Jane and fucking Sally. Oh, <laughs> Why am I cursing so much? I, I, I actually came out of ACOK. Yeah, it's fine. You sure? Yeah, I don't know. I'm fine with it. I love it. You have been in vigor. I think it's classic. No, I feel good. I mean, you know what? It, it was very refreshing, and, and it kind of uh, it just uh, reinvigorated my interest in sports in general because uh, I, I did get a kick out of so many things that happened, e- even in a losing effort, yeah. which um, I don't know. Do, do I get into this thing with the parlays and the uh, Marlins game? Okay, that yes. atrocity oh, that took yeah, place? Yeah, what do you mean? It was the weirdest game ever, and, of course, that's the game you were attached to. <laughs> I, I did. It's funny because I, I, out of uh, just uh, pure, I mean – I guess what it wasn't really anger, uh, but I, I did bet against them when they got beat by that ninth inning home run by the uh, Phillies on Friday night. Oh no! Oh, so you doubled? No, down I, I, I bet against the uh, Marlins on that one, so I, I hit that game. That's what I'm saying. You yeah. doubled down, and it worked for you this time. <laughs> Second time it worked, but I, I did not hit the parlay. I hit three out of four games on a four teamer. Of course. And uh, we came to the plate with uh, just a bizarre shot with the Cincinnati Reds, who were hot. They had won five in a row. And uh, I had played a four-road team parlay. Mm. So uh, we get the first game in, the Braves uh, 2-1. They they hold up. Uh, And then uh, the second game was that Marlins game against the Phillies, which it looked like we were buried in the entire time. Uh, The Marlins looked like you were going to cruise to a victory. Uh, the Phillies, uh, and, and you do pick up some things about baseball because uh, all of a sudden it, it's arbitrary which game they select. I, I would imagine since we're in Atlantic City, that's why they had the sound on on the Phillies game in, in the Harris Sportsbook. Yeah, it's right by Philadelphia, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and there are a lot of guys with Philly caps. I, I would yeah, yeah. say the two teams uh, that are most uh, prominently uh, featured there, obviously, are, are the Yankees and the Philadelphia Phillies. They love it. In fact, I saw a lot of John Cruck. He is uh, the color analyst on the Phillies uh, TV crew. Oh, I he is? Oh, good for yeah. him. I haven't heard that name in fucking forever. Oh, Crunk, I mean, he does a good job because he's candid. I mean, I uh, what's him? I liked him with ESPN. For, he was with ESPN for years. I wonder yeah. what the hell happened to him. Uh, he certainly brings more to the table in terms of animation and uh, expression. And uh, as you say, uh, you know, actually providing a little bit of color than the vapid A-Rod and Jeter team will. I don't know. Has anybody, have they been on yet together? A-Rod and Jeter on Fox? I haven't seen it, if they have. Have you seen any A-Rod oh, no. slash Jeter-hosted Fox pregame shows? Because they asked a couple of guys, did they not, to put Derek Jeter in there. And uh, 
as much as uh, people admire Jeter, let's face it. And he may be, I mean, you think he's just like a hoot, like like a, a raucous riot when he's uh, in private uh, confines there and not speaking in public? Because in public, he hasn't said a thing of any interest in a long, long time, has he? Or, or maybe ever. Never. Derek yeah, Jeter. I was going to say when. No, he, when was, was his last colorful we... quote? Never. The kind of thing that made you think, oh, okay, wow, this guy's going to be a good color analyst here because, I mean, he's just a hoot to talk to in general. They, they never use those guys. I guess Kevin Millar would be an example of a guy who made it who was always fun and always had kind of uh, an interesting, upbeat, kind of offbeat attitude, the kind of guy that would be, you know, in, uh, you know, some some novel that, uh, you know, what was talking about, uh, you know, the call of the wild or whatever. I mean, you know, something that where, where you know, he just was against the grain or, or whatever about what was happening. Call of the wild was probably a poor example. I was thinking of Jack Kuryak, right? One, one of those Kerouac. kind of characters. Well, that's the thing. Right? I'm trying to think of baseball, like, as much as we like or don't like announcers, in other sports, you'll get the guy that doesn't give a damn. I'm trying to think of baseball, it's rare that, like, even McCarver, who everyone loved, it wasn't like he was fun guy. He just... No, he was uh, very deep-rooted in, uh, you know, serious analysis. Yeah, he just talked a lot. He wasn't like he was yeah. fun. Like, I'm trying to think no. of any... No, Euchre was fun. Euchre. Euchre, yeah. Euchre, maybe Pete Rose. We know he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> right. No, there have been guys that have been very colorful. And guys like Tom Hollinsworth that just drove you Suck. out of your mind. <laughs> I mean, where you, you were just saying, please, uh, you know, uh, let us enjoy for one second the sacredness of the silence of the game. If right. any guy was ever near Tommy Hutton, his job back, it was Todd Hollinsworth. <laughs> yes. He may as well have been, uh, you know, wearing a sign. Where's Tommy? No, that, that was an atrocious <laughs> departure from uh, what everybody had a great feeling for when Tommy Hutton was doing the games and then they replaced him with Todd Hollinsworth. My God, whose decision was that, Luby? It was Jeter. It was Jeter. <laughs> but yeah, the Parleys, uh, you know, they got me. I, I, I hit two out of three to the first night, and uh, the game I lost was that Marlin game that they won 10-9 in the bottom of the ninth on a throwing error by the pitcher. After uh, losing the lead, Walker hits a home run top of the ninth. I thought, wow, it's a series of miracles. I already had the first two games in the bank. And uh, this was it. This was going to decide at uh, six to one on this particular parlay. Uh, The games were all fairly about even in terms of odds. And uh, that night, I I just thought that the Cardinals, uh, they had lost, what, the first two games of the series. And I thought, okay, I thought it was only a three-game series, too. Oh, no, 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 that's what they had lost the first two. It was a four-game series. You're right. Yes, the Marlins right. won the first. Right. Three it was down. a four-game series, and, and uh, they they won the uh, third game. I guess the Cardinals yes. did, and, and then lost the fourth. All right, uh, the Marlins no, did not sweep the no, Cardinals. No, the Marlins they should have won that game, but be, the thing that fucked they lost happened, one game to the Cardinals. Uh, the three next nothing, game, I think. Yeah. the next game, the fourth game of the series, the Yuri Perez game, they lost, uh, and. Well, and, and that was the night, yeah. That, that Then they were playing the Phillies in the weekend series, yes. which they won the next two. That was Friday yes. night's game. Yes, Friday night so, uh, was, they, they went on to lose that game after having it. It was the opposite of the, yes. the St. Louis game. They were down late and pulled something out of their ass. Well, well they were up 5 nothing in the first inning, and, and I was running to throw the ticket away. And, and then I went and had a drink. I couldn't watch it. So, uh, you know, I, I met the Mustang there at uh, McCormick and Schmink's. Uh, it's McCormick and Schmink's, actually. But. <laughs> I always think I want to go up there and change the sign, uh, which is right, right there in Harris. So, so I, I meet her, and they have a pretty good uh, thing going there, a happy hour that, that is actually uh, really good for a casino uh, restaurant. 
And, uh, you know, a decent quality. I, I don't know what the, we don't have to check with the gambling gourmet. Uh, uh, wasn't there a McCormick and Schmix here in South here, Florida? Yeah. Is there still one? Uh, there might, or were there a couple? McCormick know, and Schmix. I, I thought there was. That, that's why when you said Schmix, I'm like, I feel like I've heard of this place. I don't know. If McCormick and Schmix. I, I, I want to say it still exists here, although it's not like you hear it talked about a great deal. I mean, uh, what we're involved with the Let's Eat South Florida thing with the Mike Mayo Lunchbox show that airs on there on the Facebook page. In front of 110,000 very loyal and, uh, you know, actively participating subscribers. Would you say that that is also true? I, I don't know. Is it just a handful of people no, that no. actually participate? Or, no. uh, you know, would you say of the 110,000, at some point in time, uh, almost everybody weighs in on something? It's actually up now up to 111,000. And, uh, yes, people are – I don't do a lot on there, and even I still chime in. I, I, I Once in a while, I'll see Shirley's name, like – you, I've seen your wife pop in there. Like, yeah, she gets involved in that. The least active people will still pop in. Like, it's yeah. it's funny, but yes, a hundred percent. Everyone at some point, I feel like chimes in just because you see it and it's food, so you just have a natural inclination to respond or deny or or add your two cents. I, I don't. I don't recall ever seeing anything about McCormick and Schmicks. No. Anyway, so I go in there just because I I, I don't want to feel the pain. I, you know, I, how could I bet against the Marlins? I, I just. Uh, you know, I had a notion that the Cardinals were probably, I thought it was a three-game series. I figured they're not going to get swept. Uh, the the Marlins, I think, had hoeing on, on the mound there. They were going with, uh, you know, uh, a bullpen kind of approach. You know, this guy's not going to go too far. And uh, and he didn't because uh, by the time I got back in this book uh, to check in on the game, it was like 6-5 Marlins. Which wasn't bad, right? You're thinking, wow, I was hopelessly out of this thing. Now I'm only down one run. Uh, the uh, Cards had rallied for five runs, I think, in the third inning. And the Marlins came back and recaptured the lead, retook the lead in, in the bottom of the third. But they had already coughed up a, an enormous advantage. And, and now you're in there with a shot, right, at 6-1. Uh, to one. So, uh, you know, and, and what? Would you have hedged on that? It wasn't worth it. I didn't bet enough money on this thing to, uh, you know, go ahead and think, wow, geez, I got to hedge on my stink at 20 bucks. But it's 20 to win 142, and it's just a thrill of winning, Luby. No? I mean, if you're cashing a ticket, don't you feel a hell of a lot better than it? even if you lost money on a particular race, but you're cashing a couple of tickets? Don't you feel good when you're at the window there, the self-betting machine, and the other people are around? Not, not that I care that much about that, but they're saying, well, he's sticking tickets in the machine. How much did he win? So, uh, you know, and, and this is a lightweight bet, but this is how they're burying America, Luby. This is how the, I, I, I became a part of the very system that is going to be the eventual downfall of not just America, but the human race. Because you know that they're sending it in in Japan, right? You know they're sending it in in China. I, I, I don't know. Are the Russians sending it in? Yes, of course they are. They were trying to fix games uh, for forever, these guys. I have uh, 400,000 rubles that says uh, you will miss that free throw. <laughs> Where does all the crooked shit happen, right? Whenever they detect something that's uh, really strange in betting patterns around the world, well, where's the source of it? Well, uh, money is coming in from Russia. <laughs> like fucking Vlad himself has said, hey, listen, exactly. you want to get nuked? <laughs> You're going to double fault on that first serve, oh, right. uh, first service opportunity. And uh, and look, they just banned two guys for life, uh, lower level tennis players, because uh, they were fixing these proposition bets. Yeah, we talked about that. Perk came on uh, Friday in your stead at Goldstream. And Perk, Mayo brought up Wimbledon for five seconds when he was trying to post something which was a weird non sequitur but perk trying to play along 
brought up, yeah, since we're at a track, haven't they, didn't that just happen in tennis, like lower level tennis? Um, and I was like, yeah, I feel like I remember that story. And I was hoping that's the one time I, I was hoping you were there because you're Mr. Tennis. So, yeah, yeah. we sort of discussed that. That, that happened. Yeah. Two guys got banned for life. Now, now it's not the first controversy. And there have been uh, more prominent players. Uh, that guy, uh, Lubachik, I remember him. Uh, he, he was not a very happy camper. And, and probably because he was in debt to bookmakers for so much money mm. that he was forced to go out there and lose the second set. <laughs> you know, because uh, he had uh, the audacity of winning the first set with superior ability to whatever stiff that he was playing that the Russians were backing that day. And, and you got the feeling that, uh, you know, I, I probably had a guy disguised as his coach, because who would know who was, uh, is it Ivan Lubacic? Is that his first name? Lubacic. You remember this guy? He became a coach, actually. And uh, he, he was uh, never actually convicted of, of uh, doing anything uh, that was, what would you say, uh, unscrupulous? Maybe uh, perhaps, uh, you know, not of the highest integrity. But uh, always there were assertions being cast his way that he was involved in some of this shit. Is it Ivan Lubacic? I don't know. I can't find out. L-U-B-I-C-I-C. L-U-B-I-C-I-C. Lubacic. I can't really uh, look it up. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, so tennis uh, has had this going on forever, and it's always Russian money that, that's coming in. <laughs> They're sending it's it shocking. in. <laughs> And, and I think they had sent it in uh, also, uh, perhaps uh, maybe on the uh, Marlins that night. Because uh, all of a sudden, this, uh, this St. Louis pitcher, did you see this play? I mean, that beats me in this in this parlay. It's, it's ridiculous. Parlays and prop bets are the two things, the two Ps that are going to bury uh, the uh, human race eventually. Because of the popularity of this also, another P thrown in there. Parlays and uh, propositions and popularity, that they all go together. So, you know, and I'm figuring this, though, Luby, and this is just to have some action. Do I want to bet 20 bucks straight up on a ball game? Oh, no. No. No, no. Do I want to invest $100? Probably not. Although, you know, I usually hit the majority of games. So under the professor's theory, and this goes back to the most simplistic of gambling theories which, uh, you know, I, I got when I was, I, I think, nine years old. One of the few books I read cover to cover was, uh, I, I forget the exact title of it, but it was something along the lines of Andy Byers picking winners by Henry Bombs Away Bombsy, B-O-M-Z-E. Mm. You might want to look that up too, Libby. I probably should have done some research, but who, know where we were go who knew where we were going with this conversation? We haven't said anything yet, and uh, we're like 30 minutes into the show. 30, 50 minutes into the show. <laughs> The hell drugs am I on after being in Atlantic know, City for a week? <laughs> so bottom line is, I mean, I get to the ninth inning, I get a, a, an enormous home run by this guy, Walker, who looked like a stiff to me from the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a shitty team uh, and uh, had every reason to lose this game. They had battled back a couple of times. They got down 8-6 mm -hmm. and then battled back to the point where they're only down 8-7. And, and, and even in that eighth inning, the bottom of the eighth, they have Paul Goldschmidt, the reigning MVP of the National League at the plate. Runners on first and third, one away. Uh, the Marlins are into their bullpen, which they're deep into their bullpen because they started a guy that should have been in the bullpen to begin with. That was a bullpen. Right? They've already given up uh, seven runs in the game, and, and the guys are dancing off the bases there, first and third, and you're thinking, <laughs> this thing's in the bag. I'll be going to the window here shortly. Goldschmidt at the plate. Two strikes. He fouls off a couple, and then, boom! You're like, oh, my God. 
Paul Goldschmidt just struck out? I mean, what is this, Casey at the bat? Oh, Crazy. No joy in Munville, right? So they still have another shot. I, I forget who uh, is it. I, I don't want to say Contreras and be dead wrong about this, but uh, who the hell follows Goldschmidt in the Cardinals' uh, batting oh, I'm making up names now because I'm getting confused. I'm blending together. There was a guy named Contreras. There was this guy and that guy. Well, I, I wouldn't know. But whoever was up there, you're, you're figuring, okay, he's batting behind you know, Goldschmidt, the reigning MVP. He's got to be at least a reasonably decent hitter, no? And he strikes out. So we leave these runners dangling. What's that? So after Goldschmidt, at least that day, this is the one where the miraculous Marlins win. Newt Bar, N-O-O-T-B-A-A-R, is after Goldschmidt. No wonder he struck out. Then Arenado, then Contreras. Oh, Arenado's on that lineup also. Yes, yes, yes. Former monster from Colorado. Yes, he's two guys after Goldschmidt. He bats fourth. Bats cleanup. So you're thinking the guy in between has to be something decent. He, He strikes out also. Oh, fun. To uh, a, a, you know, Marlins reliever. Mm-hmm. And, and then we go to the ninth, and, 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 you know, you know the story by now. I mean, it's just crazy. Right? I, I'm sitting there and uh, thinking, okay, so do I have a shot of getting a run here? This guy, Walker, hits a two-run home run. Now all you have to do is get three outs in the bottom of the ninth inning, and the Marlins were winning all of these one-run games finally were on the losing end. It all made perfect sense. Yes. It was, it, it was a thing of beauty. I was already, you know, standing there in line, you know, hoping to beat like that <laughs> that fat lady in the wheelchair that uh, also was sending it in. I think she had the Marlins, though. Uh, so, sure enough, I mean, a uh, guy walks the first batter, usually a kiss of death uh, if you're in a one-run game. Hicks came on to uh, pitch the ninth inning for the St. Louis Cardinals. Walks the first guy, gets the next guy uh, out. The Marlins lead the majors in hitting in the double plays. One of the unfortunate byproducts of the fact that they put the ball in play is that you're going to hit into a lot of double plays because you don't have Goldschmidt yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh Newbar or whatever, uh, Julian Newmar striking out there <laughs> in, in, uh, in succession, uh, you know, as you're threatening to uh, finally come back into this ball game that you've been desperately hanging by a thread in for uh, nine innings. Uh, and, and uh, you know, what happens now? Uh, the guy, he, he walks the first guy, gets the second guy uh, out. Next guy up gets a single. It's first and second one away. Yes. I think Wendell is at the plate. Yes. He, he throws a really good pitch, and, uh, you know, it, it sinks to the bottom, and the guy barely gets a bat on it, and it's a tapper out to the mound. Now, unfortunately, it's going to move the runners up. There's no way this guy's going to throw out uh, either bat, you know, either the guy at third or second, going to third or second. So he's going to turn, throw to first. You're going to have two away and, uh, you know, second two runners in scoring position. You can yeah, still yeah. lose, but all he's got to do is get one guy out, one cheap pop-up, yeah. and you're out of this thing. And uh, what happens, man? He throws the ball in the right field and two-run score. <laughs> yeah, it's not even that it was an error and the runners moved over. It was like the weirdest error ever <laughs> with both runs scored. And He's standing <laughs> two feet from the guy. Throws a, a folly floater, a Steve Hamilton folly uh, floater in the right field into the corner there, and you're thinking, not only is that going to send home the run, it's going to send home the winning run. I was so excited. Thursday a walk-off <laughs> piece of shit. I mean, how do they even characterize that? I don't know that you can. It was a, like a walk-off error. Parlays and profits. What's that? It's like a walk-off error. I remember being excited about that Friday. I was so excited uh, about walk-off that. throwing error. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I felt like an asshole. I mean, complete asshole. Because I mean, what am I doing betting against the Marlins? The Cinderella season is underway. We are having nothing but Cinderella seasons here in South Florida. Every team is fucking Cinderella. Yes, hundred percent. And, and and I can't I, I can't bring myself. But I also knew. That, uh, you know, the I thought the odds were in my favor, and they were. Until that. <laughs> so 
So, I mean, uh, that night I hit two out of three, and the next night I hit three out of four. I lost with the Reds uh, in their ball ballgame. Uh, they, they got trounced by whoever they were playing. Uh, I took four road teams, including the Philadelphia Phillies, who had won going into that game. They were looking to tie a long-time franchise record of uh, consecutive road victories, and that's all they were talking about in Philadelphia is how this team has performed on the road. And I'd watched the games a couple of nights that, that they had uh, used to extend this streak, and uh, both games, they, they played really, really well. I mean, they, they looked like a team in perfect harmony and in sync. So you thought they were going to come in here and, uh, you know, uh, take care of the Marlins, w- which they did. They tied their uh, franchise record for road victories 13 straight, going back to 1976. See, it took me 56 minutes to throw in an historical fact. <laughs> there you go, Louie. <laughs> All of this was to get that once, you know, statistic in that I had, uh, you know, written down on a piece of paper before the four-hour Dolphin pregame show. <laughs> you know, when he's been sacked more than three times in a ball ballgame, uh, Tua Tagovailoa has never completed more than 50% of his passes. You did it. There you go. <laughs> you can go into the stadium there, watch the game, and know everything about it after listening for four hours. I love sports. How could you not? Um, anyway, good to have you guys with us. Uh, the Marlins now go to the All-Star break with their best record... Best record ever in franchise history. Eight and a half back, though, of the Atlanta Braves, who went. I mean, did they ever lose? No. The Braves the, the like Marlins 60 have the second best record in the number. National League. I think they're like third or fourth overall in baseball. And they're almost double digits back in their division. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they're in uh, any other division, I think they're in first place. I, I believe that might be the case with their record. Uh, and maybe, I don't know, maybe the AL East, the Rays have a better record? I would think so. Ray, Possibly, but uh, have, no, the Mar- Marlins are right there. The Rays. What, what is it? Is it Schumacher? The Rays and the Orioles think? have a better record, and uh, the Braves. That's it. The, Ra- the Rays, Orioles, and Braves are the only teams that have a better. The Marlins have the fourth best record in all of baseball and have the second best record in their entire league and are still eight and a half. <laughs> Like, what the fuck are you supposed to do? Eight and a half out of first place. <laughs> like, that's so annoying. <laughs> All right, well, we all know the story. Every time they've made uh, the, uh, well, with the exception of the COVID uh, year, the two other times that they had wild card entries into the postseason, they, they went on to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. So they're two out of three when they make the postseason. Isn't that amazing? They've only made the postseason three times. Is that true? In 30 years. Three times. In 30 years. Yeah, it's sad. That's the, they had so twenty one thousand out there. Uh, I saw yesterday twenty one thousand people. Yeah, they uh, was not a particularly there. significant number. Nah. I mean, even though for us it was like a miracle. Well, the problem is they've but, been uh, around that yeah. number. Like they had games last week during the weekdays that were uh, in the twenty something thousand. See, I thought this would be the first weekend that they would actually get sellouts. It's a Northeast team, and we know how they do down here. A playoff contender in the Phillies, a division rival, and it's a weekend. Like, I figured the antennas would go up, but it sort of leveled off in the low 20s is where it's sort of been. That may be it. That may be, I mean, yeah, I World Series games are going to have like 21-5. <laughs> Here we are in game six of the World Series. The Marlins failed to achieve the home field advantage for this one, but uh, they can tie it up here tonight and send it to a game seven. Now we have a crown here of 19,786. <laughs> All enjoying a hot dog and a beer here at Lone Shark Park. And if you need a loan... <laughs> You can either go online to Lone Depot or you can go down to the lobby at Gate C and uh, see uh, Vito down there. He's got plenty of cash. And he can uh, lend you at uh, well, what may not be such a favorable price. And by the way, the juice is by the week. And, uh, you know, without paying that, <laughs> we have baseball bats. 
Perfect name for a stadium, huh? Lone Shark Park. That, that is great. All right, uh, they had a Major League Baseball draft yesterday. That, that's something I don't know. I mean, uh, it, it was – I thought this would be reversed, right? Everybody thought that Dylan Cruz guy from LSU would be the number one pick. He's a position player that hit over 400. Is, uh, was he a senior at, at uh, LSU? He might have stayed there all four years. It's possible. Uh, and uh, Paul Skeens, the uh, pitcher who uh, looked to be, like, ridiculously unhittable. Uh, I'm thinking best guy I've seen, best prospect I've seen out of college, and I don't follow this that closely. Since your man, Paul Wilson, at the Florida State, where you watched a guy pitch and you said, my God, how is that guy not immediately going to be called up to the pros? I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe Skeens will put uh, Catwoman on top. And, and I just wanted to finish that thought before we get into uh, Scoop Skolnick in the next hour here of the program. And uh, So I, I'm, I'm asked to buy two $50 tickets for uh, this friend of the Mustang. We didn't know how to call out the bet, which, uh, you know, that's the other thing that's suspect. Like, what does she really want? Right? Can you communicate that to me? Now, the terminology is a little bit different, uh, although not enough so that it would dissuade me from being able to go ahead and get this money down, which I think I did in the proper fashion, which was uh, she wanted to uh, bet 50 bucks on the Pirates to make the World Series, which uh, comes under the heading of win the National League outright. Yeah, they're eight under 500 right now. Yeah, that's at 50 to 1, okay, to, to get to the World Series, which I, I thought was uh, re- really short, wasn't it? I was going to say I mean, their odds almost, uh, you know, borderline. What's the number before infinity, Luby? What do you know. think? <laughs> infinity minus one should be the price of this. They're not making the World Series. I, no, I, I, no. Would, I would probably be inclined if forced to, to bet my last dollar, which uh, unfortunately I'm not that far away from, but bet my last dollar. On the, uh, you know, fact that the Pirates would not win the National League pennant. What, what do you think? I agree. They're eight under 500. They're not even in the whispers for the playoffs, let alone winning the, the whole league. Short of Bill Mazeroski being resurrected from the grave here to hit a home run at Forbes. It's not happening, right? Nah. This $50, I mean, it was one of those things where, unfortunately, you, you do have, you know, some kind of, uh, I guess, degenerate ego that you don't want to be the guy that's at the sports book line looking like a clown. Well, you know, I mean, there's a certain amount of dignity associated with kind of knowing what you're doing. And it was one of those deals where they go, hey, Lou, <laughs> we got one here. What's about the pirates? How much? Right. And you say 50. You go, yeah, make a 500 while you're at it. You know, I mean, and you're sitting there and the executives from Maharas are sitting behind this guy uh, saying, uh, hey, you know, all the action you want on the Pirates. So, uh, but but the problem is, if they do go to the World Series, I would owe Cat if I booked it five thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean you have to do. The and bad then if they win the World Series, it, it was a hundred to one, I guess. So it's ten thousand dollars. That's where you would have to hedge, though, wouldn't you, Luby? Yeah, yes. If you had the Pirates to make the World Series for five grand, and you were going to win another ten if they won it. Are you not putting two dimes on the other team? So there's your homework problem, kids. We're going to come back and discuss that, but. Uh, Louie's favorite, NBA Summer League. We'll get to the bottom of this whole Wemby story here and uh, see what's going on with the Miami Heat. You say this Jokic, I, I see him drilling nothing but three-pointers, this kid. He's like 6'8". Are big you kidding me? story for the Heat, obviously, is the Dame, Dame Lillard watch and Jokic is the next NBA superstar if you follow Miami Heat fan Twitter. All right, well, this has got a lot of steam. You said, what, thousands of people are tuning in when we uh, post this stuff. Uh, So put Dame Lillard's name in the uh, thing, and and that scoops on the show. (laughs) And we'll come back with Scoop Skolnick here on a Defoe show on Appeal Yourself Off the Mat Monday in a moment. Now that. It's 8.03. 
Yo, yo. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand cut every day, everything, and I mean everything is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. Recently we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. You can't fake caring. Women can sense this immediately. You don't really care. You didn't really want to do any of this. We now return to the Defoe Show. All right, welcome back to the show, uh, and it's a Peel Yourself Off the Mat Monday. We're peeling ourselves off the mat after uh, kind of a festive week there of uh, degenerate activities in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And we welcome the world traveler, although uh, it does not appear he's at a hotel room in Las Vegas. No, not yet. The great Ethan Scoop Skolnick of Five Reasons Sports Network to the program here. Were you tempted? Did you go? I mean, did no, you I'm skip going. that first game? You are going. Okay. I'm going. I'm going tomorrow, but I just, I, I had my daughter this week. So I'm going tomorrow. By the time I go, probably nobody will still be playing, but that's okay. Um, you know, I want to get out there just in case there's a Dame trade or something else along those lines. I'm hoping to see Wemby once. Um, I'm out there for one of his games. It's the same time as a Heat game, uh, but I, uh, I might have to slip over to the other gym. The way, the way it works in Vegas is the t- to the big gym, the small gym, they're connected, concessions in between. So you just kind of rotate between one and the other. Okay, so two games are taking place at the same time. Mm-hmm. Is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Yep. Very good. Now, uh, where the if the Heat are playing at the same time as uh, the Wemby game, where where are you situated, Ethan? Well, I have somebody else out there with me, so I think I'm sending him to the Heat, especially because uh, <laughs> <laughs> especially because by then I don't know who the Heat are still going to have playing because uh, yeah. Jovic and Hakez are both uh, banged up a little bit right now, and I, I feel like. You know, in, in the event, you know, but not just for yourself, but in the event you're going to include anybody in a trade, you certainly don't want to make anything worse. So I, I know, I think, uh, I think they're played today, but I don't know that they'll play. The two of them will play. So could they both be involved in, in a transaction that, that uh, brought the, I mean, they both, the they both, they both could be, I don't think they both will be. I think by the time that this thing plays out. And I also don't think that both of them necessarily have great value to Portland. I feel like Jovic has more value to Hakez uh, than Hakez does. Hakez is 22. Jovic is 20. 
Uh, Jovic plays a position that's a little bit harder to fill. I feel like Portland is going to go for Jovic and not, not Hawkins, but you know, it, we'll see. I mean, I, you know, I, I think in, in any case, you just don't want to make anything worse right now. Uh, Jovic uh, looks like uh, Dr. Yeh, I guess it would be, uh, you know, as he's playing in the summer league games. Uh, and, and there was always a conversation. I, I, I keep hearing, you know, how great this guy is. And uh, yet he, he never sniffed the floor. It didn't seem to, unless it was, Garbage time. Uh, what, what what do we make of this guy? I mean, what is the real story uh, behind him? Well, I, I mean, look. I mean, he's talented, but he's young. I mean, I, and I, you know, we know that Eris Polstra is going to make you earn it on the defensive end, or at least in most cases. And you know, I don't think he was ready from a sort of a spatial awareness uh, thing. You know, it is um, you know to 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 kind of proceed the way that Eric wanted him to. I mean, the offensive skill set is there. It's been there since the beginning. Um, it's, it's also was about getting stronger. You know, he got a lot stronger in, in, during the season, he put on about 15 pounds, most of it muscle. And the important thing, whenever you put on weight like that is that you look comfortable with that weight. And he does, I mean, it looks like he grew into it properly. They didn't rush it. Um, but it just, it's going to give him a lot more physicality in the post. He likes to play out on the perimeter. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I feel like he's a guy that if he's with the heat this year, He's going to contribute. Like, I don't know that he'll start next to Bam, but conceptually, he's kind of the perfect fit next to Bam. Uh, you know, he's kind of, you know, if you look at, 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 you know, a guy who can space and can do all those things, um, you know, and can play make, um, can get Bam some of those high-low touches. Uh, you know, I think he'd be terrific with the Heat, but is he going to be with the Heat? That's the question. Well, and that's where we are now, and we didn't get a chance to talk to you last week, and I was like, shoot, we're going to miss him. This thing seems to be moving pretty quickly, and then it just sort of died in the weeds, which a lot of the times that happens with the Heat moves. When it gets really loud is when the Heat are like, no, we're not doing anything now. We want it to quiet down. We don't want anyone knowing what the hell we're doing. It seems to be when the Heat move the best, but – Dame and the Blazers were making it very loud. Um, outside of Boston and na- some national media, it feels like most people are set on Damian Lillard will be eventually a part of the Miami Heat. Where are you mm-hmm. with that? And wh- where are we in that? Just It felt like it was going to happen sometime last week, and now it feels like no one knows when the hell it could happen. Yeah, look, I, yeah, I mean, depending on who you talk to, it either happens now or never in the next two weeks. I mean, I, I just think it's at a point where Portland just realized the gig is up, right? Or the jig is up. I mean, I, that's where we're at. I, I just don't think uh, there's really any chance of him being traded somewhere else. I, I would be stunned at this point. I, his agent, Aaron Goodwin, has kind of stomped his feet, which is what needed to happen. And look, you can trade for a guy as a no trade clause. You can tell him to come to camp. And kind of with Kawhi, that's sort of what happened in Toronto. But Look, Kawhi also had kind of done the organization wrong with the Spurs by the end. He wasn't playing when they wanted him to play. I mean, Dame didn't do anything wrong. He sat down last year at the end because they wanted to tank the last two weeks of the season. So, And he was clear with them from the very beginning. And there's no loyalty in the Blazer fan base to Joe Cronin. He's been there like a year and a half. So I, I just, I think ultimately they're going to do what Dame wants to do. I just think they're trying to save face and it's how long does it take before they can do that? So how many teams do they have to talk to, to find out there's, there's nobody coming. There's nobody Dame's going to go to on that list of teams that may trade for him or has the resources to trade for him. And then ultimately you try to make the best deal you can and you work with the heat so that you get something uh, either from the heat or for another team that the heat trades someone like Tyler hero to, so that you can say, okay, we got more than we were supposed to go get. I mean, I, to me, that's, 
kind of where it's at. Um, I, and, and so does that take a day, two days? I mean, I say it's going to happen Tuesday because I'll be on a stupid spirit flight without wireless. <laughs> so oh, Jesus, no. That, that's, Are you bringing in luggage, uh, Scoop? <laughs> I am. I am. I bring a little bit. I'll okay. bring Dave back. I'll bring Dave back in the uh, in my luggage. <laughs> uh, it's going to be six feet, uh, two inches tall, just in case. Yeah, I, I just I, I think ultimately this thing will get done uh, in the next couple of weeks, and I think it probably gets done in Vegas this week, but we'll see. Obviously, you don't travel. I mean, uh, being in this business, you tend to travel very lightly in terms of uh, what you take with you. Uh, always assuming that you're going to an American city where if you did forget something or, uh, you know, leave something out, you might be able to purchase it <laughs> at a reasonable price. No. Uh, <laughs> my wife uh, travels with the uh, – she just puts the wheels on the dresser, right? And so it's always a scene. Now, we haven't flown Spirit in a while, but when we have, I mean, the, the scene at the scale there when they put your bag on the uh, scale, it literally is like a Don King weigh-in. <laughs> it, it's unreal, you know, as uh, you know, you see King's fighter coming in there with flam rolled all over the side of his pants. And uh, somehow he comes in at 212. <laughs> Just the opposite, though. I mean, whatever you have in that suitcase, it's going to weigh over 50 pounds. And then we were talking the other week about the embarrassment. Have you ever been in that situation where you've had to pull like underwear out of a suitcase? I, I, I have been married for a time. I mean, did you find? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, now, now, now the packing myself thing is a little bit more problematic. I did do this for twenty years, but I'll forget something for sure. Yeah, um, like your computer. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I, I, here's my worst forgetting my computer story. I literally yeah. was on a plane. I think going from Barcelona to Rome, and I literally left my computer on the overhead compartment. Oh. You try to get your oh, computer geez. back. Yeah. After that, you know. So. Yeah. Uh, how, how did you file the stories? Uh, I, I ended up, it ended up finding me three cities later in two oh, countries. <laughs> Shades of Midnight Express. I mean, <laughs> this hashish that you have wrapped around your waist, Mr. Skolnick. I mean, uh, you know, you end up like Brittany Griner there, uh, you know, in some Russian jail running away. All right, uh, the Wemby thing. Um, so far, I mean, I, I guess the most uh, interesting development out of the first, uh, you know, episode that he had was uh, the uh, – Signing by Bob Arum of his security guy for knocking down oh, yeah, Britney Spears three times in a round. Uh, so, so there was that story. And uh, yet every time I've seen this kid in an interview, and, and this can always break down very quickly uh, with failure, I guess. But he, he seems so well composed that uh, you thought he might be able to shake off what, what uh, was – Somewhat unimpressive, I, I guess. Uh, how would you characterize his debut performance? I mean, the well, his I debut mean, wasn't good. I mean, the yeah. film was much better. Um, I, and I, again, I, what he's saying is right. Like, it's very difficult to play in these summer league games. I mean, you're playing with guys that you hardly played with. You practice with twice. You're not really yeah. running anything. They're trying to make a name for themselves too. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And a lot of these guys have played in you know high level professional leagues. They're just you know or the G League or whatever. They're just they have some some physical. Uh, uh, you know, limitations that may make them not as good as some of the real pro as some of the guys who, who are become longtime pros, but they know how to play and, and yet they're not playing right. And so it's just, it's a mess. It's the guys who are trying to get theirs. Um, you know, the coaches are not the coaches that you have during the regular season. He's not being coached by Greg Popovich. He's being coached by somebody on Greg Popovich's staff. Right. So it's just a different deal. I think he's going to be fine. I think obviously the biggest issue with him, is just whether his body holds up, you know, that's to me is the thing, but um, you know, they'll get in a conditioning program. He went to the absolute right organization. So, I mean, I think if he was going to, you know, unproven organization right now, like a Detroit or Orlando or something like that, he's going to San Antonio. They've done this before. I mean, I, you know, they've done it with Robinson. They did it with Duncan with pop there. 
Uh, so I think he's going to be absolutely fine. I, the biggest thing for him is he's already got to deal with this Britney garbage and all that. I mean, it's 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 going to be the level of expectation. And the kid is really bright and he's very um, seems he's sharp. Yes. Yeah. And and I, I hope he doesn't have to deal with all the crap, but he will. And and that's more the thing. It's not the basketball stuff. Um, you know, I, I you know, I I, I think he's going to be absolutely no problems. Uh, he'll have some ups and downs during this season, but he'll likely end up being the rookie of the year. Yeah. We, you know, obviously the question would be, is he strong enough to hold up, especially across, uh, you know, the rigors of uh, an 82 game season or whatever number he uh you know, he ends up playing. Uh, and, and we were thinking back to the old days uh, where Ron Rustin had uh, taught Bill Lambeer that airplane spin that he put Larry mm-hmm. Byrne in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, if this guy gets roughed up consistently, it, it might be, you know, a problem for him, especially to cope with this year. Uh, Pop, by the way, I thought he was finished. Now, now would you agree <laughs> a, that, that uh, Greg Popovich is more into Donald Sutherland as an older actor? Uh, you say that they are unmistakably uh, uh, you a know, little bit. Uh, I mean, he look—he looks like he's a member of the Night's Watch from uh, yeah. From, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's getting really strange looking. Uh, what we know, he's been around forever. I mean, uh, it doesn't seem like uh, he has to love it, uh, but he just signed a new five-year uh, extension. I, yeah. I thought I thought he was uh, getting set to retire. I, I, I thought so too, but I, I think that's why you're hearing Becky Hammond's name, you know, going to other head coaching jobs and others. I mean, he's got this coaching tree, but everybody left, and I, I feel like they all left because they kind of knew that there wasn't going to be any place for them to go. Um, you know, the, the only unfortunate part is Eric Spolster was going to become the longest tenured coach of any team yeah. in the NBA. Um, I don't know what po- po- what Eric's going to look like when he gets there. He looks like he's aging a little, but his hair <laughs> will probably still be jet black. Um, but uh, look, I, and, and the number is significant because, you know, now you start to think about uh, now you start to think about what, you know, Spo might get uh, when he gets out to, uh, you know, he's not he's never going to get to the open market, but you know, what kind of money that they're going to give Spo, they never release it. So he, he's probably I yeah. maybe in the neighborhood of 20 million a year, but he's they're never going to, wow. they're never going to release it. So, um, you know, look, I, I pop is, is the right guy to lead this. I think, I think if they don't get Wenbeam, then maybe he doesn't stay quite as long, but I feel like, you know, a, it's the chance to, 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 to leave a, another legacy and obviously a chance to maybe win before he's done, which if, if he gotten the second pick, the third pick, the fourth pick, you don't know that. So before we wrap up things anyway. with you, I did want to bring it back to the Dame because I know you guys have been potting like five times a day and it's been pretty much centered yeah. around that. We're, at least for our points, we're presuming it's happening, right? Okay. And I look, the Thomas Bryant move and Richardson move actually seemed very interesting mm-hmm. to pick up spots mm-hmm. where they needed people after losing Vincent Struess and they needed a big desperately when you were putting Zeller who hadn't played basketball in two years in the finals, you, you needed some size. Um, what other things should you see them doing? Cause it feels like they want to make some other moves, but right now they're not waiting for Lillard. How else do you see them fin- right. fi- uh, finishing off the roster? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think um, the major moves were Brian and Robinson. I, I, I Brian and Richardson, I, I feel like, you know, they'll look at other shooters. We talked about Landry Shamit is a guy who I'm not in love with, but I mean, he, he could be a shooter. They add to the roster. I don't think there's anybody that's going to be a top top eight guy. Um, there could be somebody who comes back in this trade. Um, we'll see. I don't know about the Nurkic part of this. I, I feel like they may get away with not having to do that and mm-hmm. take his money back. He could contribute for them, but it's just a lot of money. Um, but, but look, we talk about a guy named Josh Christopher. I mean, there's some low-level names here. 
Uh, Danilo Gallinari is a name they could circle back to again for the millionth time, maybe in a trade. Sadiq Bey is a name I know they've checked into, but I think that would require a little bit more. But look, I, I think obviously if you get Dame, uh, it's just about who's left, right? And then you start to put the pieces around him. And we did a, a, a podcast last night on the different options that they could play with Dame, Jimmy, and Bam, depending on who's left. They could start. If Caleb's there, then he likely starts. If he's not, then Josh Richardson likely starts. Uh, in some lineups, you would I'd have Love start. You know, uh, I think there's a case for Duncan Robinson to start, honestly. I know Brady likes that one, uh, as long as you have a, a defensive four. Maybe it's Haywood Highsmith starts with him. So uh, I think there's a lot of different ways they can go. But I think that any way that you look at it, uh, they're going to be in, in – uh, in, in in really good shape. I mean, I, I don't I don't think they need to make a major addition to this roster if they get Dame. I just I think people are kind of forgetting they got Shaq in 2005. Damon Jones looked like an all star for half of the season. Like if you get if you get great players, the role players will fit. Like I'm not concerned. And Josh Richardson is a high level role player. And if they keep Caleb Morton, so is he. So I mean, beyond those five, what do you really need? I I, I feel I feel like that they'll be able to pull it. Maybe it's couple of these developmental guys, they like Chase Audige. Uh, I think uh, Bouye or whatever you pronounce his name, uh, they like him too as a, as a, as a, as sort of a creator point guard. So th- their roster, they will be the favorites in the East if they get Dame Lillard. All right. You're ha- heading to Las Vegas, Las Wages, uh, Sin City, <laughs> and uh, you're going to be uh, watching summer league basketball and, and uh, you know, a couple of things real quickly here. And we always thank you for coming on the show. Uh, number one, congratulations. I mean, you're, you're like uh, eclipsing uh, Draymond Green's podcast. They're literally getting top in five terms of, uh, in viewers, the country, which is freaking amazing. Top five NBA podcasts. Uh, I mean, and there are a lot of guys lot. out there that have uh, really interesting stuff. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, I've told the story a few times. I didn't witness this uh, this last trip out to Atlantic City, which uh, came home on Saturday. But uh and Luby was amazed by this. Uh, I was uh, in, you'll find this surprising, a bar near the sports book. And uh, I'm listening to these two guys pouring over statistical information and uh, conferencing heavily about who they were going to bet on that night. And I thought, wow, these guys really seem like they know what they're doing. I mean, it was almost like listening to Bill James as he was putting together the baseball abstract. And I thought, well, they, they must have some insight into some baseball games. I, I'm gonna, just going to ask them, hey, if you don't mind, I mean, like, uh, who do you like tonight? Which I, I would rarely do, and uh, so they said, uh, "No, no, we're not. We're not betting baseball. We're we're betting summer league basketball." Uh, is that advisable, uh, Ethan Skolnick? <laughs> in your opinion, or uh, how quickly? Never mind propositions and parlays. How quickly will the American public be separated from its money if it's betting <laughs> summer league basketball? Uh, well, I was separated last night when I played this uh, because I've been playing the unders on the stars out there. Cause I figure you're going to, they're going to get those guys out as quickly as possible. Um, oh, wow. I mean, see, there it is. I mean, you fall into the category. Oh no. I, yeah, I am. I am. I, I see Mayo's commentators are like roulette or blackjack. Actually, she was playing go fish at the bar the other night. Quarterdeck. He wants to, yeah. go, wants to go join. And then she don't, don't dealing. let her hang out with Mayo, by the way, he is a sicker degenerate than uh, most people oh, I don't, ever, actually, ever imagine. You, know, you yeah. have rabbit ears in your cut. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. <laughs> okay, all right, hold on, hold on. So say, say, no, no. Bring her on the show. We're not Bring time to get show. ready. We're literally ending the show. Okay, we gotta go. I gotta... All right, all right. I know you gotta oh, run. All right, okay. All right, okay, so, okay. so, so oh, no, you're involved, is what you're saying. Come here, come here, all right. Say, uh, now, Sasha, it's a pleasure to meet you first of all and have you on the show. But uh, are you aware that your dad is betting on summer league basketball propositions? <laughs> <laughs> 
Now look at her. She just makes a face on that. And like, 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 who the hell would do that? That was your allowance. That says it all. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That says it all. All I'm right, Scoop. Kidding. Scoop, I mean, uh, you're a great father, but, I mean, can you really live with yourself? <laughs> I can't. I can't. Not anymore. But uh, how, how incredibly intelligent is that, though? What an intellectual approach. You know they're going to take the stars out of the game in three minutes, although did you go down with Wemby last night? The over Yes, I did. I did. It was shaded sharp. <laughs> he plays all 48 minutes. <laughs> exactly. That's how that works. We know That's how that works. Man. All right. I know you got to run here. You're getting pressure. Right. That, uh, I mean, pressure from a woman is one thing, but pressure from uh, how old is Sasha now? Eight? How old are you now? Uh, nine. Well, no, nine. Nine, nine, in a, nine in a week from today. Kid skates like Peggy Fleming. Uh, what is she? Going to be a figure skater or a hockey player? What do you think? Uh, what? I'm a figure skater. Figure skating. Figure skating. Okay. Figure All right. All right. You got to run. Scoop. <laughs> Pleasure, man. Uh, nobody All ever right. had a Thanks, better guys. excuse Sasha, for leaving the show Scoop. than this. this, this is okay. All right. Scoop's going there, ladies and gentlemen. You just cut him out of there because uh, you didn't want him uh, getting in a jackpot yeah, with the daughter. the daughter getting pissed. <laughs> I'll deal with Scoop. I don't all right, so, I mean, the summation of all of this is, is that uh, you and, and many other people believe that this is a foregone conclusion. But we don't know exactly what the entire uh, chemistry is going to be in terms of uh, what what's involved in this deal or uh, how many teams, right? There, there was uh, this theory out there, and it seemed to make perfect sense. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Is the media just making this stuff up? Are we, as sports fans, are they being treated like Ron DeSantis by the media? And they're just steering us in a direction where everybody believes that it's going to take a three-team transaction here for the Damian yeah, Lillard to, uh, they want trade to take place? First. Um, and the Heat are obliged to do that. Because they didn't want Tyler Hero, right? Isn't that part of it also? That uh, somebody Hero else is going to have to want fit. Tyler Hero. He's just like everything they have, and they want something different. Right. So, and they want a couple more first. So the Heat are open to giving up Hero. And, and Hero would uh, logically have to go. Yes, you got to go Because of his salary, uh, you know, being somewhat compatible there, and you have to trade salary for salary in the NBA. We all know that. Well, and other teams want Hero. Mr. DeForest. Like, as much as South Florida fans have given Hero a lot of crap because he seems to get hurt in the playoffs every time, the guy is a 20-point He's a 25-4 and four dude who shoots really high field goal percentages, and is only 23. Like, it feels like he's been around forever. He still is actually on the young side of things. So other teams actually want him badly so he's you have to give him up to get the nets or the thunder or both involved because you need their young players and a couple more draft picks from them to facilitate this trade and that seems to be the sticking point is getting the exact machinations of who's going to give what to where to get this done but like i everyone seems to be saying the same thing because dame has made it clear he only wants to go to miami and in this day and age, to have a superstar be pissed sitting on your bench is just stupid business. It doesn't make any sense for any team to do that. Only Aaron Rodgers, right? Yes, that's really what it is. I mean, what leverage did Green Bay have eventually? It's amazing they got what they did out of the New York Jets, isn't it? Yes. Because they had zero leverage at that point. I, I guess the leverage they had is that, uh, look, we might just be, I mean, are you bluffing when you're suggesting that you might just be stupid enough to eat it? Yes. And, you know, out of uh, what? Out of greed and uh, avarice uh, that uh, you're going to go ahead and keep a, a very despondent and uh, reluctant Aaron Rodgers on your bench. Uh, take uh, just an absolute jolt to the gut when it comes to uh, the salary cap. Have a really lousy season on top for your fans with a disgruntled quarterback. Uh, or, you know, your option is what? They weren't going to keep him. 
in this case, uh, you know, Lillard seems to be more gentlemanly about this whole, you know, process that he's been involved in than others who have demanded trades. Would you say that there doesn't seem to be any great acrimony or friction uh, between uh, the player and the franchise? They they sound like they want to accommodate uh, Lillard, and why not? Because if they don't, in, in a player's league, as the theory would go, then who's going to want to come to Portland in the first place? And Because it rains there every day. And in the second, well, it rains here every day, and we love it here, right, Louie? Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but there, the sun never shines. Zero, point zero. <laughs> here, I mean, uh, 15 minutes of rain, okay, you're right back out there in the sunshine. Uh, Jesus, it's good for my skin? I don't think so. I do look a little light. I got a little too much sun when I went on that wave running uh, expedition. Uh, although they only let you go kind of around in circles, even though there was like a beautiful giant waterway, which I thought we were going to explore. But then I, I was thinking to myself, who would be dumb enough to turn a couple of schmucks like me and Big Rich loose in unfamiliar waterways? That that can be, I, as we talked about earlier, Libby, that can be scary. But uh, uh, rarely, I mean, would, I, am I changing with, with my old age? Rarely would I engage in any kind of activity other than degeneracy while in any gambling environment. <laughs> Here I am on like a nature walk, out there wave running. Sampling fine food. You were getting killed. It was great. <laughs> you were trying to see. I, I, I was as ice cold as I've ever been. I mean, just freezing cold. I hit my very first horse bed. And uh, the second day that I was in the horse book there at the Borgata, I, I don't, I, I didn't cash a ticket for the first three hours oh, I was geez. in the book. <laughs> I, I mean, it wasn't like I was stuck so much, but I, I'm looking at it going, this is impossible. Then, of course, we passed in a thistle downs thing. And, uh, <laughs> $910 later, uh, you know, we were sitting there still stuck. All right, uh, we're going to come back with more. The Home Run Derby is tonight. I'm not hearing a, a ton of buzz about that, although, uh, once again, interesting from a gambling proposition uh, for the most part. But what do we have in the Home Run Derby here, Libby? Uh, we'll get into that a little bit and uh, continue. Scoop Skolnick, uh, very interesting, though. Uh, you're, you're assuming, like Scoop and the rest of the world, that Damian Lillard is going to be wearing a Miami Heat uniform uh, we don't know uh, what Wembenyama is going to be, but it was interesting. I I swear I thought Pop was uh, ready to retire. But what he handed the reins to Becky Hammond and made her the first. Uh, he likes to do this sort of thing. Yes. And is Popovich, he is also the president of the club, is he not? Yes. He, he also holds an executive title. So uh, decisions are coming from him. And is that rightfully so? How much better is he as a head coach than anybody else? Is he is he really that much better? What What does he do that makes him better? The team sucked this year. He wasn't able to win without talent. I mean, uh, you know, it's great when you have Tim Duncan and the Admiral on the team and Tony Paquet, right? Who was uh, banging what? Eva Langoria and uh, let her go, man. Talk about a turnover. Yeah, that's ugly, man. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe she was hard to deal with. Uh, Is it possible? I I don't know. I don't have that kind of success with women that I could be uh, an authority on uh, relationships that work. All right, uh, coming back with more in a moment. Now that. How do you feel about tribute bands, so, Libby? I, I mean, did, I did you ever I weigh in on that? The strong opinion that you do. Um, I, I don't know if it's so dream. strong. I mean, it's okay, whatever it is. Yeah, they're not my dream. I'd they're rather, good ones. I agree with you. I'd rather see people play their own music and throw in twists on famous songs. I to just see. People be another band. I don't need to go pay to see that. Like, I'm okay with that. Here's another question. Should the guy wear some kind of wig to uh, give off the appearance of the artist that they're playing, paying tribute to? The, the lead singer, right? 
like, is it important to look like Tom Petty if you're in a Petty tribute band? This guy did have a little bit of a Petty look to him. Uh, I mean, and he had the hair, and I'm trying to figure out, is that a wig? Is that natural? Wasn't sure. Uh, if it was natural, then he's walking around, and everybody's going, uh, look at this dumb fuck. He's trying to look like Tom Petty. Uh, if you're a Beatles tribute band, should you be, you be wearing Beatles wigs or should you have your hair? I mean, does, does that make a difference in the enjoyment of the performance? That, that the tribute band looks like, I mean, if you're an Eagles tribute band, uh, do you, do you look like, uh, you know, Glenn Frey? I mean, uh, what, what do you think? I, I, people probably, you want don't have that. an opinion on that. People probably want that. I think that's lame. <laughs> I'd rather you not. Should you try to look like Mick Jagger if you're like a, a Stones <laughs> knockoff band? I'd rather you not. <laughs> or, or does that come off as being like just really cheesy and you know right away, well, the, these guys clearly are not the Rolling Stones, which you know going in. But, you know, you, you want to kind of attach yourself to the fantasy, don't you? That, that you're seeing the band that you were in such admiration of. See, it's weird now having tribute bands while the band itself is still playing. Yes. You know, Tom Petty being deceased, uh, you know, it, it's going to be hard for him to make a comeback. <laughs> yeah, you would have to think. A tad bit. Although Mazeroski from the grave for the Catwoman. What if I ended up owing her 15000 though? Would it have been worth booking her $100 bet? Yes. What yes. would you have done, though, be in that spot? Just in case she wins, you don't have to find a way to cover that. <laughs> like, you don't want to have to pay that Cover it. Off. Yeah, you don't want to have to. I don't have to move to Costa Rica. What are you talking about? Imagine owing somebody 15 dimes for right. a stinking $100 that you booked because you were losing at the slot machines? My God. <laughs> No, I, 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 as my father said, the DeForest family, we have no luck in stuff like that. We don't get away with anything. That that was it. It wasn't that we didn't have any luck. He said, uh, we never get away with anything, which, uh, you know, I'm living proof of. All right. Um, coming back with more in a moment. Now that. That is not to imply any kind of guilt whatsoever in that case. It's uh, 8.33. The ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Are you looking to buy your first home? Have you been turned down for a loan? Do you need to refinance or get money out of your home? Call Michael Kodzi, CEO of Choice Mortgage. He's been helping the South Florida community get mortgages for 30 years. Hi, this is Michael Kotze, CEO of Choice Mortgage. We have the most competitive fixed rates in the market. Call me 24-7-561-441-2730. And remember, I don't just work banking hours. Make the right choice for your home. Call Choice Mortgage today.
Neil deGrasse Tyson. When you look at the exploration and, and what's going on today, I mean, what was your reaction to what was there on Mars? Were you expecting to see, like, an Arby's franchise up there, or did you have a pretty clear picture of what they were going to find? No, but at least a Starbucks. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to get your morning started is with Depot, joined by Luby, right here on The Depot Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Appeal yourself off the map Monday. Appeal yourself off a, a week's vacation Monday as well. Uh, took me a day to get readjusted to uh, normal life yesterday. I did virtually nothing, uh, Mike Luby Lubitz, uh, after uh, partying uh, well into the uh, wee hours of the morning, consistently there in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And uh, I can't wait to go back. Uh, people, There are people that think this place is a dump, mm. that it isn't worth their time, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, you know, I mean, there, there was that movie, what? Burt Lancaster, was he to star of that movie, Atlantic City? A really dumb fucking movie that uh, some people like. Forget what it was exactly. It was like a bookmaker that somehow falls in love. I, I don't remember the exact plot line there, but uh, I remember watching part of it on a recommendation of the Mustang the other day, and I thought, I've seen this movie. It sucks. <laughs> uh, is that, I don't know. Have you ever heard of that movie, Atlantic City? I believe that's the actual title of the movie. No. Anyway, I mean, uh, there was a lot going on. And believe it or not, the uh, uh, the Chotime people were in town. I did not uh, come across them or wasn't aware of it until I was watching the fights after getting home Saturday night. But uh, they were from from the Boardwalk City uh, uh, Convention Center here in Atlantic City, New Jersey, right? Where they used to hold the Miss America pageant there, which turns out even that was crooked. Unreal, right? Bribing of judges <laughs> was uh, very much like, uh, you know, the uh, Juan Antonio Samaranch uh, era of Olympic rule, where nothing was on the level. It was great. All right, the Home Run Derby, 1960. Uh, the show was uh, originally filmed in 1959, Libby. The original Home Run Derby. Uh, you you have actually uh, downloaded clips from the Home Run yes. Derby. I don't know if we still have that thing. With uh, Mark Scott was the name of the announcer. He was also the creator and producer of the show, which was distributed by Ziv TV. And uh, Ziv TV was uh, well, one of the uh, strong, strong uh, distributors uh, of uh, television programming back in the day. I think they had like all of the big hits were distributed by Ziv TV. Uh, it, it only had one season on the air, Luby, if you can believe that. For as much hoopla as there is around the Home Run Derby now, uh, the actual program that, uh, that this whole competition was based on uh, only lasted one season on tv and yet i remember watch i i, I was surprised by that i mean I, i've looked that up in the past and always been amazed and stunned once again we really that only aired for one year i remember watching that like endlessly home run derby when i was a kid 1960 i would have been nine years old was very much into baseball and they had could you do this today where you would literally lure every big power hitter in the game competed in the home run derby they had, uh, I, I forget what the number was exactly, but uh, it, it was like eight future Hall of Famers or something competing in this one season of the Home Run Derby. And it was great because uh, you would get that aw shucks interview. There were no fans in the stands. It was like going to a Marlin game in April. No fans in the stands. And, you know, you, you can hear like, we didn't, they didn't have cell phones back then. But if they did, and there was one guy out there outside the fence in center field on the phone, hey, I'm outside the stadium here. You wouldn't think uh, something was going on. But guess what? I just saw Mickey Mantle roll in here. Mm. Mickey fucking Mantle was on this show. Unbelievable. Hank Aaron, all of the big hitters of the day. Harmon Killebrew. It, it was uh, absolutely fantastic. And uh, yet, I mean, it transpired in such a, 
a slow-moving, uh, pedantic fashion that uh, you, you can't imagine that this was like exhilarating, entertaining TV. You would have to have like fireworks or something going off in the background like they do now. Mm. But um, what do you think? I mean, are you a fan of the current edition of the Home Run Derby? Like, There's nothing else on, on TV tonight, is there, in terms of uh, sports, unless you want to dive deep into the uh, women's sporting calendar and landscape here uh, with our buddy Jim Sarney and head out to uh, Twin Peaks and catch what? Uh, junior varsity uh, women's lacrosse. Isn't there a collegiate title on the line tonight? Might be. Let's say I'm very scanned. I mean, I'm looking. Here you go. Here are today's uh, television offerings, Libby. This is uh, maybe uh, the main reason why you would have uh, so much attention, so many eyeballs on the home run derby. Uh, you have uh, the derby at 8 p.m. You have uh, Wimbledon is going on in the morning. So that that's off the ticket. Uh, Summer League basketball, would you be inclined to watch that over the Home Run Derby? You have uh, That's it. That's the only other sporting offering tonight, an assortment of Summer League basketball games. What do you think? Home Run Derby or Summer League basketball derby? You're a big basketball fan. I mean, I would normally say Home Run Derby, but I can't name one person in it. Who's in the Home Run Derby? Is anyone wor- worth anything in the Home Run Derby? Here you go. All right, you got Pete Alonso, okay. uh, and, and, and Alonso embraces this competition. Uh, there, there are you know players that say, and, and uh, we've maybe seen some evidence of this that they've been hurt in the second half of the season because they uh, went ahead and uh, you know used up so much energy in the home run derby, which uh, it was a bloody marathon, was it not? And they changed the format to try and eliminate some of that, and, and I think for the benefit of uh, both the fans and the players. But they uh, don't they do it now with brackets? Is that how they conduct it? They have like so-and-so against so-and-so and you eliminate a guy? Yes. Okay, so you have Pete Alonso, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Nothing wrong with him, right? No, he's a bad Alonso shirt. really embraces the competition. You have uh, <laughs> Lewis Robert. Who the hell is that? I don't that know. sounds like a program director's name, doesn't it? I don't you know. know. At a Spanish station? Yeah, Luis Robert. Because uh, uh, the program directors always had two first names. Those are, those were the guys that were most scary in the industry, were they not? Mm-hmm. The guys that walked around with two first names. Although Duff Lindsay wouldn't really qualify, but Duff, is that a legitimate first name? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even his real name, which none of them were, right? Gary Bruce was another guy. Guy kind of got me started at WIOD, but two first names, huh? You're starting to think what? And not to imply that this guy, he actually was very good to me uh, over the period of time, but uh, you're thinking Hitler Youth, No. Two first names, Gary, Bruce. Uh, does it frighten you, Louie? I mean, uh, Grace Blazer was our program director after uh, what? Uh, Ken Charles, Charles, another guy. Two first names. Yes, and he was frightening. And what was he telling us? Uh, he was telling us, and I, I like Ken Charles because he was always kind of a fan of mine and uh, was always interested in bringing me into whatever organization uh, you know he was running. In this case, it was uh, 940 Wins. Uh, but, uh, remember he said, Hey, no interview should be longer than three minutes. Yes. Like, wait a minute. So we're going to get Pat Riley lined up after like uh, months of trying and say, Hey, Pat, how the heat looking this year. And when Pat Riley uh, goes uh, over the three minute limit, uh, some guy's going to come running down the hall and going, I told you limit this shit to three minutes. Nobody cares after that. <laughs> that can't be the case. Can it, Louie? I mean. It defies uh, every uh, tenet of broadcasting uh, decorum that I that I would think you would want to have Pat Riley on for as long as you could keep him on, would you not? 
Yes. Pat Riley comes you on your show? Like, are you going to say, hey, Pat, listen, we, we only have three minutes here, Pat. I, I, you have a better no, sentiment with Ken. Uh, Ken definitely, to me, never gave advice that sounded like someone who knew fucking radio. So, no. I, yeah. I was at odds right. with him. Oh, and that was right around a time, too, where the uh, people meters came out, which uh, fucked up everything. Mm-hmm. Where they were going to measure, uh, you know, radio audiences, and uh, you know they were going to do it. They already had like the most inferior system of ratings. Whether you got good ratings or not, the, the system itself was, uh, I mean, not even badly flawed. It, it was bizarre. It, it had no foundation in reality whatsoever. Where they would send these diaries out to ninety-nine-year-old women, and uh, you know, they supposedly were filling in what they were listening to minute by minute on the radio. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, who came up with that cockamamie system? And, and, and you know, guys' careers, people's careers would, would be uh, living and dying in the balance there as these bogus ratings books came out, uh, where it was possible to either, and, and I've said this many times, Luby, uh, it, it seemed unfathomable, no matter how good or bad uh, or badly you were performing, that, that you could either lose half your audience or double your audience size in a three-month period of time. It, it just, it, it's unfathomable, is it not? That like half the people in a three month span would say, you know what, this show sucks. I'm going to listen to Joe Rogan. It's not possible. No. Right. And, and and we know this that you know people. I mean, listener habits are strange. They're very hard to change. I, I don't know. Is it true with viewer habits? Maybe so. But uh, you know, very hard to change. And so stations that were doing well consistently would do well because nobody ever changes the dial on the radio. No. And what about the maniac? Like, I mean, I can imagine you doing this. I do it. Punching around all the time. The minute I hear something I don't like, boom, I want another station. There you go. But the people meter was even more bizarre, right? Because a guy would get in an elevator and he'd be listening to, uh, you know, one of these uh, zombie music stations. And uh, that would register for the 10 minutes. And if he got stuck in the elevator, it would show up for like 30 minutes. If he got stuck in the elevator, would the music still be playing? I guess that would be the worst way to go out the door, wouldn't it? <laughs> Never mind a fiery car crash. <laughs> You're stuck in an elevator for 30 minutes. You lose all uh, chance to breathe. Eventually, the oxygen supply runs out. But uh, you're stuck listening to, uh, you know, I did it my way. Some extrapolation on that played on a synthesizer. All right, so we haven't gotten past the third guy yet, Luby, and we've killed about 10 minutes on the home run derby. Um, <laughs> Julio Rodriguez, right? Uh, isn't the uh, – it's in Seattle, is it not, uh, the game? Yeah, it is, Seattle. Yes. So uh, isn't uh, Rodriguez that, – that's their big guy, isn't he? Uh, didn't he light it up last year as a rookie? Was he in the home run derby last year? Julio Rodriguez. That's what Andy Mann is saying. So he, he, the stud from yeah. Seattle is going to be in it. Plus 500 on this. Five to one you're getting on this guy. You're only getting a plus 275 on Alonzo. For some reason, I feel. Hasn't seen for like uh, 20 years. Why did you change sides? Uh, am I on my bad side here, Louie? What do you uh, think? You're, you're back to your good side. <laughs> like was a, my, no- my nose looking too enlarged from one side? Don't even. Pranks are, uh, you know. Assertions that that's tied to a certain uh, religious circumstance here, Luby. All right, uh, you have uh, Adalis Garcia. Who's he? You I, know him, Adalis Garcia. I don't, I don't know, know. I don't know that name at all. I've never heard that name in my entire life. Okay, well, we do know Randy or Rosarina uh, yes. from the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, yes. and he's uh, he's a great hitter. Is he is he the kind of home run hitter that you would see winning the home run derby? 
Randy Rosarino. I don't think uh, so. Possible, right? Wild swinging son of a gunman. I mean, he comes out of his shoes when he swings a bat. He's great. He's a very entertaining player, if nothing else. At 10 to 1, and uh, is not Mookie Betts, is he atop the National League in home runs with like 26? Mookie Betts, our man Jorge Soler didn't get involved in this thing, huh? And uh, Soler's an all star, too. Why isn't he in the home run derby? Jorge Soler, Sarney's guy. And then uh, Adley, uh, what is this? Adley Rutschman. Is he a soccer player? They, they have who's Andy Rutschman? Does he play for the Seattle Kraken? I don't know. I do not know any of these he's names. A, he, That's my problem. And he's Mayo's, the biggest bomb at twenty to one. I mean twenty to one. On Mayo's mocking us because you make fun of Mayo for doing this, uh, going through the Derby field. That, that's what this feels like is a bunch of names I've never heard of, and that's what sort of my problem with the home run derby these days. Because I don't know any of these this. This is mainstream stuff, though. You you can tell Mayo <laughs> that uh, you know th- this is mainstream <laughs> stuff. I can't wait till he describes how he got knocked out of that. Uh, and I was giving him the business last night on his text, right? Because you know he's going to be sitting there, uh, you know, in the first 15 minutes of the Lunchbox show saying, well, I had two five-off suits. <laughs> but, I mean, this this is mainstream stuff. It's on ESPN tonight. It's the focus of the sporting world. Uh, and, and yet it is true. I mean, it's nothing like the 1960 show, Home Run Derby, where you had every home run slugger. I mean, who would you want to see in this thing? Louis? I mean, who's who's not in? Trout was injured, right? Otani. I mean, they're not going to put him in the Home Run Derby, are they? Oh, they- he's leading. He's leading the uh, the American League in homers. Um, so so is Mookie Betts? Does he have 26 home runs this year? I don't, I don't know why I want to say yes to that. And yet he he's a bomb to win the thing. Doesn't appear to have the physique that you would want to win a home run derby, does he? Where he's just going to be durable and be able to swing the bat all night long. Uh, what about the game itself? Is there any interest in the all-star game itself, Mike Luby Lubitz? Do, do you care who wins? Is it not the American League that's on some hellacious streak where they won like 13 in a row or something? Yes. Big favorites uh, tonight. Minus 275. Is the National League not due just uh, because of the arbitrary, bizarre nature of baseball results? Oh, yeah. Where even the A's pop up and, uh, you know, like uh, the the first day I was in Atlantic City, I think the A's were playing the Tigers and uh, they beat them like 12 to 1. Wow. At a phenomenal price, right? You're getting like 3 to 1 if you're willing to throw your money away on the Oakland A's this year. Uh, What do you think? Would you take a sniff with the National League just on the... By, you know, the luck of the draw, the uh, nature of the beast that they are due to come out on top in a game that essentially is, you know, a very glorious exhibition. What do you think? I mean, I haven't cared since they made us care. Um, and we all know how stupid that was. So uh, I, it's funny, growing up, it, it always sort of, the Midsummer Classic was a big deal, both the Home and Derby and the they, they used to have two of them when I was a kid growing up, and I couldn't wait for either of them. I loved them both. I loved them growing up. I don't care now. Like, I just don't care about either. I don't care about the Home Run Derby or the All-Star Game. I, I mean, the Marlins have had a decent year, but I don't know if any of there are any other guys in it. Like, I don't think any other guys have made Yeah, it no, they, they have Arise. Uh, you know, he's a starter, Louis Arise, okay. and, and deservedly so, at second base. Uh, he, he beat out uh, Albies. Is that the guy's name from the uh, Braves? Oh, the Braves. He's having a great season. Yeah, 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 Albies. Yeah, nice. yeah. Okay, good. Having a good year uh, for for a top notch team, uh, but uh, you know, Arise were well deserving, and they had that little campaign going where they asked the three thousand people that were at the park <laughs> to uh, please. Yeah, the, the voting back in the day I, is it just as bizarre now with, with a computer, or even more so? Because we always talked about the fat kid with the knitting needle, who would grab like a hundred of the cards that they had. Uh, I forget who was distributing them. Was it Gillette? 
or Old Spice or somebody was distributing the cards that you voted on and, and you actually punched a hole for the player that you wanted and then a guy would just stack up a hundred of them, take his mother's knitting needle and stab the whole stack. And, uh, you know, this one fat kid was voting a hundred times. Now I would imagine what, Luby? I mean, th- this might be worse than, than, you know, some Trump concept <laughs> where the election is as warped as any. But hard to get the popularity going for a Miami team. Uh, do, do you see a lot of Miami? I did not see one person in Marlins garb. And uh, people were wearing a lot of different baseball uh, pieces of apparel there in Atlantic City. It's much more of a baseball, uh, as we said, oriented uh, area than, than we are here. But I didn't see a single Marlin jersey or hat on anybody. So are they popular around the country at all? You would think no. No, no, no. Miami teams in general are, are fairly popular, though. Uh, I, I don't know that the Panthers enjoy any particular popularity in, in hockey circles because they haven't been very good, and those guys tend to be even more more finicky and uh, you know uh, more opinionated and extreme in, in uh, despising the franchises that, that aren't very good. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, they got uh, Jorge Soler also was going to the All-Star. Okay. Really? Oh, the home runs. No. Yeah, all right, that's fine. See, but he's not in the Derby, even though, uh, what does he have, 23 homers? That would put him up there uh, in a reasonable you know, uh, ratio to uh, anybody else that was in there. And uh, he, he would be the type of guy that might have success doing that. Does he hit a lot of homers in batting practice? You would, think. you would think yes. Yes, you would think. Why yeah. would he not be like that? So that's my problem with the home runs. Like, what? Why would you not? Like, Griffey did it three times. Barry Bonds was in it all the time. Frank Thomas was in it all the time. Like, why would you not have your the more? Look, I like that Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s in it, and I like that uh, the kid out of Seattle's in it. But, like, you should have your, your big-name dudes in it. Like, well, well, wasn't it uh, Josh Hamilton, right, the guy that had the yeah, drug problem that uh, put on that uh, amazing display in the home run derby? Yes. And, and unfortunately, uh, didn't win it that year because uh, he, he hit, like, 40 or something in the first round and, you know, set, set all kinds of records there. He was like uh, Joey Chestnut scarfing down hot dogs. I, I did have a thought on that. Maybe we should bring it up on the lunchbox today. What do you think? Because it's more applicable to a food thing. But uh, what if you were in the airport and, uh, you, you know, unfortunately you had to have a bowel movement. And in the stall next to you coming off of uh, his uh, hot dog eating competition was Joey Chestnut. <laughs> Letting go of what has to be one of the most colossal bowel movements of all time, don't you think? With 69 fucking Nathan's hot dogs in his system. <laughs> what if he had to catch a plane out of, like, uh, you know, uh, LaGuardia or whatever, and, and you happen to be in a stall next to him? I mean, would that be tantamount to uh, some kind of nuclear explosion? What do you think? Oh, and could you sue somebody for that? Chester. <laughs> where, where does he go to the bathroom after the contest? I mean... I, that's a great question. <laughs> a port that's set up outside there on a boardwalk? Get the fuck out of here. And beach bathrooms tend to be kind of schmutzy. Uh, yeah. They're never cleaned by anybody, you know. There's sand everywhere. Sand everywhere. <laughs> Little kids peeing. There's like water. I mean, there's always water and it's dirty. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring that up in the first uh, couple of minutes of the lunchbox. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it might eclipse. Uh, what, what do you think? What, what did Mayo have when he got knocked out? Did he? Uh, did he tell you? He, I, I know he doesn't want to run that by me. He was what final? Was he final forty? I think it was in the final forty. But I Something, didn't know. Yeah, no, he made money. Were. The kid. Uh, congratulations. See, it's so funny because you know he's reluctant to you know sort of uh, you know acknowledge anybody else's idea of like what a good time would be uh, in, in a restaurant, but uh, he would love Atlantic City. 
I think the poker players there are just absolute suckers. Oh, okay. Everybody I know just goes in there and makes a score. Big Rich, uh, two days in a row, wins 800. Like, oh, nice. In, in a, matter of, a matter of moments, just taking these guys down there and in a one-two game. It looked like they're on their last, I mean, absolutely, uh, you know, uh, taking their last breath after this hockey game. And they want to lose their money. They can't wait. They've been losing all their lives. They want to continue right to the grave. <laughs> My son, when he was there, I mean, I, I walked by the table. I was like, holy, uh, you know, Johnny Chan, man. Look at this kid. <laughs> Got stacks of chips. He, I couldn't even see his face. It took me two trips around the room to find him. He was behind like a pyramid of chips. It was great. Said, hey, these are the worst players I've ever seen in my lifetime. All right. <laughs> Uh, it was great being with everybody. Uh, so what do you think, Luby? You're not inclined to make a wager on that. I wouldn't be either. I don't think I'll watch it because I, I, it, it tends to drag on, doesn't it, the Home Run Derby? Yes. So it's sort of boring in its presentation. Yes. At least now. I used now, to does Berman it. come back and do the play-by-play on the uh, TV? In years past, I think he had. I, I feel like I saw him last year or the year before. I, just, I don't know if he's going to be there this year. Doesn't he have to make a guest appearance there at least? I mean, uh, no, they, they don't want those guys anywhere near the place anymore. The guys that were there in the beginning. <laughs> right? I mean, they fired all of them. Everybody right out the door. Incredible. A um, couple of other things we, we didn't get to. Uh, it, it looks like uh, your man uh, Cook is not going to be a dolphin, huh? It doesn't feel like it. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you care about that? No. I, I like the guy. I obviously like him. Uh, and I think he's been great in the NFL, and he's actually stayed healthy the last couple of years. I just don't know how much money the Dolphins have for him, and he wants a real contract. Like the Dolphins will have the money yeah, he wants. That, that, that's what everybody says. Uh, the uh, narrative is uh, that uh, offer was too low and uh, not interested. Dalvin Cook, not going to be a Miami Dolphin. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, three teams in the uh, mix there. Well, where would you go if you were him? Would you go to the Chiefs at a lower price to catch passes from Mahomes? Honestly. Be a part of uh, that sophisticated Andy Reid offense, the fat man sings. Uh, the Patriots... Which, uh, wow, I mean, is there really uh, this uh, evolving and, uh, you know, just burgeoning acrimony between uh, Bob Kraft and Bill Belichick? Can you imagine? Probably. And, and uh, the uh, the Titans would be the other team. Who, who do the Titans have at quarterback now? Uh, the Tennessee Titans? It's Tannehill. <laughs> Tannehill. Oh, geez. They drafted a young guy, but he, I think Tannehill's going to start the season, and then we'll see if the young guy finds his way in. Tannehill, the Christopher Cross of long passes. <laughs> sailing, sailing away. Bah, bah. And I never got to this. What do you think the Yankees' move was to uh, try and uh, shore up their chances of having a better second half? Uh, and they never do this. They never fire people in midseason. People have been screaming for Aaron Boone's head. He makes a bozo move. He takes out Herman, who's got like a one-hitter going. And, uh, you know, takes him out of a ball game that they eventually lose like 14-3. to uh, and, and that was just typical of, of uh, you know, a, an Aaron Boone maneuver where he says, oh, well, you know what? Uh, I didn't want him to go into this for the season without this kind of confidence. So I took him out of the game and we had a chance to win one. Way to go, Aaron. <laughs> I, I, I'm not as critical of it because I don't follow the Yankees as closely as other people do. I, I, you know, I mean, they're interesting always, uh, you know, as a sporting story. And, and I do read about them in great detail in the New York Post. But, uh, you know, having grown up originally as a Yankee fan, eventually, uh, uh, you know, attaching my allegiance to the uh, inept and uh, just haphazard New York Mets in 1962. And, and then, you know, what? You're going to be somewhat of a fan of the team in your city, are you not? Mm-hmm. Uh, at least if you consider a fan or being a fan as having a level of interest in that ball club. 
Uh, do you root against them? I don't know. There, there was a time there where it was uh, very appropriate, I think, to root against the Marlins in every game. And, and it's hard to shake that, isn't it, Luby? Look, I found myself betting against them. Does that not mean that somewhere subliminally I'm rooting for them to lose? <laughs> Sorry, Tommy. I don't mean to. I mean, I'm just exposing a thing. This is something that you would have to have treated by therapists, no? To, uh, But it's a byproduct of doing sports talk radio all of these years where it's just better if your team loses, I think. If they're not going to win at all, we've said this many times, if they're not going to win at all, it's better if they lose, correct? Although we got a lot of mileage out of the Heat and, and the Panthers, and ultimately, what? They were losers. Yeah. They, they did not win a championship. So uh, the Yankees, what, what do you think they did uh, to uh, try and improve their chances of winning in the second half? Uh, I mean, uh, short of having Aaron Judge having his toe amputated so it doesn't bother him anymore, uh, what do you think their move was? What's your favorite move? They got rid of the yeah. hitting coach. New hitting coach. In the immortal words of the late, great Gordon Soli, there you have it. That's what I was trying to get to. To be the show, Luby. Ring a bell or something. We finally hit one. Yeah, this uh, this is the move. They fired uh, Dylan Lawson. Thank you. Thank you. I was waiting for that. Uh, and, and that's it. Right? Uh, the fans in the media, they're all calling for the head of Aaron Boone, Brian Cashman. What has he done in the last 25 years, Cashman, with all this money? Nothing. Um, Nothing. Nothing. It's just, as if he's being chased to his grave by Lisa Meanwell. <laughs> and he fired a fucking hitting coach. <laughs> so they're hitting 218 since uh, Aaron Judge went out of the lineup uh, 31 games ago. 218. They're 14 and 17 in those games, fourth in the AL East overall. Uh, they're hitting 231 overall which is 28th in the big leagues. Only Detroit and Oakland are hitting for a worse batting average. Not even the Marlins, uh, the Mendoza line Marlins themselves are, are uh, hitting worse than the Yankees are. And um, so they fired a hitting coach. What do you think? Does that, does that make, them, make them no, it's not. winners? I mean, what's it going to do? I, I mean, their hitting hasn't been great, but again, when your two best bats or your two biggest bats are out pretty much the entire fucking year, what do you expect? Stupid. Yeah, that's it, right. And they got all these stiffs on that team, like Stanton and uh, Josh Donaldson that are yeah, bringing the average yeah. down. Well, what is he supposed to do with, with uh, Giancarlo Stanton, this guy? What? Nothing. Close up his stance? Tell him to drop his hands a little lower? Choke up? <laughs> that was always the advice of any Little League hitting coach that, that I came in contact with. You got to choke up on the bat there, DeForest. <laughs> I did choke up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was more common then. I mean, how do people hold, like, the nub of the bat in their hands and actually hit a baseball? Could you do that? No, no. Couldn't even swing the bat on time. Forget about it. All right, we have to run. Mike Bay was Lunchbox uh, coming up at 12 o'clock today. Uh, any uh, road uh, games coming up uh, Do I need to know about? Uh, are we doing that thing with Dusty May? What, what is that? Dusty May in a future show to be named later. Um, okay. Wednesday, we're at Burton Jacks. I think Burton Jacks are... Oh, nice. Are, are, okay. Uh, Burton Rappaport. Are, uh, Rappaport yeah, that guy's great. Rappaport series uh, yeah. is going to get started soon, but we wanted to, we haven't done a ton of stuff with them, so we wanted to get back out there. So Burton Jacks, the famed restaurant. Um, and what is it, Delray Beach area, I think? No, uh, it's not Burton Jacks. Burton Jacks is closed for many years. Burton uh, that was, uh, and Max. Burton, Burton Max's, Burton yeah. Max. Thank Burton, you, Michael Mayo. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Burton Max's. Burton we're, we're sending people to uh, a vacant <laughs> island. <laughs> Burton Max's Wednesday. We're going to be back at Gilbert's. Gilbert's Thursday. So Burton Max's Wednesday in Delray Beach. Yeah. Gilbert's oh, Gilbert's. Nice. On yeah. 17th Street Thursday. And then, of course, we cap off the week at Gulf Street Park. 
Can't beat that, my friends. And guess what's uh, going to be going on Friday, I believe. Uh, is that not opening day of Toga? Yes, sir. Mayo alluded to it last week. Toga. Is that opening day? Uh, Friday? It's this week. I don't know if it's Friday exactly. But... This week, yeah. I want to say it's Friday, but I uh, couldn't be sure about that. could be Thursday. could be sooner. No, I, I believe they take like uh, kind of a week off, and then they open up like on a Friday. So um, Toga opens Thursday. Okay, very good. Second day of Saratoga. So it gives you a chance to take a look at things the first day and uh, kind of get your head together about uh, some kind of a fix as to uh, what, what the track conditions are going to be. And, and then uh, we'll have that uh, coming up on Friday. Saratoga. That, uh, can't we get a show at Saratoga on a Friday? One of these days, yes. Uh, we got to ship up about there. it. Yeah. I'd like us to, you know, travel around since we are at the track Friday and it seems to go really well. It would be cool yeah. to do maybe something Pimlico and do something in Belmont, there you go. something Toga, go out to out Toga, west. yeah, that would be nice. You know. Uh, tell Mayo to arrange that. That'll be great. All right. Uh, well, we'll see you at 12 o'clock today. Mike Mayo's Lunchbox. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. A lot of fun being back with you. And uh, we'll see you again tomorrow at uh, 7 with the Defoe Show for Mike Luby Lubitz. I'm Jeff DeForest. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time as we leave you now that. Didn't even get to uh, my thoughts on Wimbledon today, Louis. That, that was a lot of uh, yakking for uh, what, what did we accomplish? Zero. Scoop was good. <laughs> it's uh, 9.04. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my show.